Geez, Mike, how come your parents had to bring us to this cottage at the Crystal Lake for our Halloween? I know, Brandon, it really sucks, but, you know, maybe if we just go knocking on these doors, we can find somebody. Maybe you're right. Maybe these people have some good candy because they look like rich houses. Let's go check out those mutant frogs. Oh, yeah, they look so real. But why are they all different colors? This one's got a sticking out tongue, and I think they're aliens. Oh my god, what's with those bees? Oh shit, it's bees! Ah, run! Run! run. <laughs> what about that other house on the corner there? There's like a gargoyle and like some gremlins in the tree on cranes. Oh man, that looks really cool. And there's even... Let's go check it out. Yeah, alright. <laughs> oh man, it looks like there's a Bigfoot statue there. Ah, cool. I don't think it's Bigfoot, though. It's got to be some kind of Yeti or a Frozen Man. Maybe a Sasquatch? No way. You're crazy. It's definitely a... Ah, run! Oh, shit, it's alive! It's alive! Run! Ah, 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 keep running! Ah, ah. Oh, man, these... Okay. Oh, gosh. Any cottages? Fuck. <laughs> Cottages all over the place. Jeez. <laughs> what about that place over there? It's got like zombies in the lawn and like some kind of weird griffin that looks like it's shooting fire. That looks cool. Okay, it's gotta be. Anything's gotta be better than those last two. Okay. It's gotta let's... be cool, right? Okay, well, okay, let's walk up to the door. Oh, look, there's this weird plant thing. Oh, what the heck? It's saying something. Hello, baby. <laughs> oh, oh fuck, I'm out of here. That's fucking creepy. What about that weird ninja, that weird samurai with the with that, that keeps saying I'm a slowpoke? Oh my god, is that like? Are we being chased by a big piece of tempura shrimp? That's so weird. Let's get out of here, Mike. <laughs> no coffee crisp or caramel bars are worth this. I'm out. <laughs> Look at that. I think there's some people going into that cabin. Oh yeah, we saw some teenagers going in there. Maybe they got some candy. Well, we haven't gotten anything yet. We better be quick. Oh, oh yeah, it's like okay. Oh. Okay. You knock. Okay, uh, you knock on the door. No way, Mike. I'm too scared. You knock. Um, okay. Um, I, I thought the lights were on before, but it's all dark now. I can't see anything through the windows. No, Nobody's inside? Okay. Oh, shit, there's this big guy right behind us. Whoa, where'd he come from? I mean, whoa, where'd he come from? Oh, you must be one of those trick-or-treaters. You look like a oh, jogger, what? but... What's with the lame jogging suit, loser? Nice hockey mask. Who wears a blue hockey mask? He's got a lame machete, too. It must be made out of tinfoil. <laughs> yeah, I bet he wouldn't even heard of you. <laughs> ah! 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 Gamer needs food badly. Let's go! Welcome to the Halloween edition of the uh, of the taste test. Of the wonderful taste test. Yeah, we leave the kitchen and go out trick or treating this year, uh, this season for this episode. Yes. There okay. you go. Too, too much laughing and acting on the brain. All right. So. Too much candy, Mike. Yeah. So too I'm, much good and bad candy. Yep. Uh, too, so I'm game connoisseur Mike King, and I am Chef Brandon Boswell. 
and we'll be uh, having a nice Halloween grab bag. Not a nice just, little treat for all you listeners. Yep, yeah, not one game, but several. And we picked four, four games that we thought were either going to be really good or super terrible, and we would torture ourselves for you <laughs> listeners. Yep, we were one was going to. We were each going to give each other a trick and a treat. Unfortunately, it kind of backfired. <laughs> Some were more tricks than treats. <laughs> so, uh, what games did you challenge me to, Mike? I believe I challenged you to Friday the 13th and uh-huh. Monster in My Pocket. That's right. And I challenged you with Monster Party and uh, Fester's Quest. And, uh, like, I don't know. I, to, to, to be honest, I think there's, uh, there's easily two treats and two tricks here. Um, but the second treat is more of a case of, you know, thank God it wasn't as terrible as it could have been. Yeah, it's like it's like a relative <laughs> treat. Yeah, it's it's you know, torture by comparison. <laughs> but uh, which one do you want to cover first? I think we'll cover Monster Party. We'll go from uh, Monster Party. Yeah, we'll just start Monster Party. It's uh, sounds sounds good. What did you think? Well, I think we'll start by describing the game. For some reason, this is exactly what they intended, and it's terrible. Oh yeah, it's it's it, it, all the awfulness is implicit. It's funny how like nice it really looks on the outside, which kind of uh, not to allude any further, but we also thought of little treats that these games each would be represented by, right? Yeah, we thought this would be a real treat, given that it looks the cover on it features a uh, an orange plant thing kind of not unlike Aubrey from Little Shop of Horrors yeah and then this I could totally uh, see that wraith a really cool ghost yeah, wraith a banshee with massive fucking teeth like a like a lantern fish yeah and you got like an orange uh Jotun troll yeti or something oh yeah that's probably a troll and then we got a medusa and we got a swamp monster a vampire yeah. It looks like the best time when you start the game. Yeah, and mo- it looks being really monster, fun. Being Monster Party, you think like, oh, we're going to be hanging out with these guys, like a little Mario Party thing with some horror themes, like, you know, going yeah, like, or something. ambushing women, drinking blood, or, you know, being the monsters, because it doesn't look like anybody's fighting them. Yeah, the it the definitely box. looks like they're having a good time, and you want to have that good time with them. But nope, we got robbed. <laughs> yeah, so, so We got robbed with Mark. Yeah, let's talk about the story here. The story centers okay. on a child named Mark who uh, sees a star in the sky and it, it mentions in the introduction that it is so beautiful it brings him to tears. And you get to oh see boy. him crying. 
Like he's just touched by this amazing, beautiful star. Which, you know, I didn't remember that. That's funny. Which comes down to Earth. And then it's revealed that it is a ship or something containing a gargoyle who yep. immediately conscripts this poor boy. Who's... Well, actually, it's a, it's a gargoyle-like alien. Yep, and he just conscripts this poor boy into his army by yep, telling him that soldier. Your, your weapon will be great at uh, defeating the enemies. And he's like, what? Which is horseshit. He's lying through his teeth. I ju- I'm just coming home from baseball. Clearly this, uh, actually, I just realized, this, this gargoyle, um, his name is Bert, by the way. Um, Bert, this dickhead, clearly is coming from, like, the worst case scenario from his planet. Where, like, literally the first person he comes across is going to help him. Like, like, when your battery's dead and you're on the side of the road for, like, too many hours. And, like, the next person you see is, is like, your savior. You know, he's like, oh, my God, you came with a weapon. And he's like, this is my baseball bat. I use this for fun. And he's like, it'll be perfect. <laughs> In no way is it perfect. It is absolute shit. There's only um, actually two occasions, actually, that I thought it would be great to be the kid right now. And that was it. Any other time, I was just, like, constantly trying to be the dragon, trying to be Bert. I think that he heard about, like, a warrior from Earth that wielded a baseball bat. And he he mistook Mark for Ness from Earthbound. Yeah. He came down. He's like, baseball hat, small pubescent boy. Ball, uh, baseball bat, you must be the guy I'm looking for. <laughs> That's got to be it. Yep. And then he says, like, any weapon, will, anyone will work, including a young batter like yourself. Yep. And it's showing him that his baseball bat can easily be a weapon to fight enemies. So this guy's so desperate that a kid with a baseball bat, you think he'd go after, like, a policeman or a soldier. Yeah, like, anybody, abduct one of them while they're on leave. You know, like, this kid's older brother... Or this kid's mother. Yeah. Or, or just get anybody freaking, else. Like a, a thug with a whip and, with a with a chain. Grab a grab a homeless dude off the street. With He's a, got with nothing a, to live a, for. With a whiskey bottle shiv. And like, give him a fucking chainsaw and just let him go to town. He's got nothing to live for. He's gonna think he's in like a drug induced illusion. Yeah. I mean like that's the then, great thing. If you want someone who can keep their mouth shut after doing wet work for you. Fuck it, just kill him. He's homeless or whatever. Yeah. Leave him there. Make him a king. Push him in a fucking lava pit. Who cares? Feeding him one of those yeah. shitty dumb dick enemies. He is one of those, he's one of those deplorables. So make him a dumb dick enemy at the end or something. I don't know. <laughs> but this game, this game suffers from classic. Looks good from the outside. Absolute horse shit on the inside. Um, there's also several enemies drawn from Japanese folklore. Which is super confusing because it didn't get released in Japan. Um, <laughs> that's just yeah, a whole... such as a well. You yeah. fight a well. Where, do you? Where's that? No. What like, is that? There is a well, and it's got like these weird ghost things that fly around it, and I think a cat comes out of it. But there's oh, there's a cat in a box well, that throws mice. There's definitely a well. You fight a friggin' well, okay? Take our word for it. You fight a well. Oh, yeah, I'll be honest. When I when I played this, I just fucking massacred through it. I used the the luxury of save states, so I got my dude to max health, and every time I fucked up and hit anything, I just like went back and just dodged around it again. Yeah. So I was constantly just smashing back and trying to get through it like brute force, so, brute force yeah. and ignorance all the way through. Because <laughs> so, it's a disgusting... Just Let's talk about deplorable. what this game expects of us first before we talk about how awful it is. 
Yeah. Okay, you start so. off as a kid with a short-range weapon, and you think, yep. oh, well, I'm going to get a better weapon later on. Like, that's how video games work. You start off with a shit weapon, you get a better weapon. Nope. <laughs> Not nope. this time. Level you don't even get, like, a grand level. slam baseball bat or nothing. It's the same thing. Till the very end. You just fucking got that tiny... You might as well be swinging your dick at these enemies. Ah, I get it. Good <laughs> joke. <laughs> um, the funny thing is, though, actually, I will admit, and I hate to be the, the fucking turncoat on this podcast, but I'll do it if I have to. To be honest, when I got to the end, and I was just that stupid kid, and I had to fight that dumb enemy, and I like the last boss, and all I could do was swing a baseball bat at him, I did feel pretty good after I beat him. And still had some health left. I was like, this is pretty respectable. Sure, I cheated all the way through it. But I finally finished it, and I'm happy with myself. But yeah, what did you think when you... Uh... I did not get to beat the game because as I got to... There's eight rounds. Yeah. And they are... F- a round is a, is a level Fucking this game. awful. Now... It's ridiculous. So let's there's talk like an about overworld. what the game expects of you. You go yeah. from one end of the level to the other, like a platformer, and there's these doors. Yeah. And in these doors, there's never anything good. At best, the room will be empty, and some of these rooms are out of the way, so you figure, well, if it's a challenge to get here, like, there's all these bats and dogs and and teleporting skeletons or... Or skeleporting, skeleporters. Skeleporting telekins? <laughs> that's, that's my favorite. Yeah, literally everything, every, um, every level has a different theme, or every round, I guess, has a different theme. But they have all basically the same characters. They have, like, a small guy who runs at you really fast, pain in the ass kind of thing. They'll have a guy who's throwing some bullshit at you. They'll have a guy who... Uh, a flyer. And then a usually flyer. a tank. Something yeah, that just soaks up a too. bunch of hits. Yeah, and uh, so basically they'll, they'll all have some, like, or I'd say at least 80% of them will have some sort of projectile or will be able to be, like, held down and, like, punished, which is kind of fun, actually. But uh, for the most part, the only thing you have is that bat. So if they have a projectile, it's okay because basically any enemy can be one hit with a projectile. But the fucking batting system is so squirrely like, to hit uh, something back at the right angle is just ridiculous. I most often just stood, like, point blank in front of them, just pounded them with a bat, and then if they were dumb enough to shoot something at me, then that thing was coming back at them because it didn't have any other direction to yeah, go. At some point... That was my method. At but, some point, like, yeah, depending on when you hit it will determine the angle. And most often, it is... You have to time it so that you basically almost let it hit you. Yeah, it's going to hit you Rather almost. than keeping it from a safe distance... Yeah, at the tip of your so bat, if you, where you hit think the turbo it would go button, straight. If you hit the turbo button, you're probably unless like you hit a gap in your swing, so that it gets closer to you, you're not going to hit it properly. It's I honestly awful. only use the turbo button through this game. Like I was just marching and swinging. The oh entire yeah, you time. got to because there's like even the weakest. That way, I wasn't taking hits. Several hits. Yeah, and you exactly. You got to get so damn close that they're just like, you can hit me. Guess what, fucker? I can hit you. Exactly, and they totally exploit the the old school method of like getting way too close to the guy to like uh you know get past his his swing because they do that to you all the time too. so to they'll just barrel down and run you yeah, down so to uh, ameliorate that you can take this magical pill that shows up if you defeat certain enemies which will yep. turn you into bert yeah yeah Bert, because Bert. Bert, Bert decides 
to, I don't know, possess you or something? Yeah, I don't know. He technically fuses with you, but you can only unleash him with this pill. So he's giving a kid medicine on, a, on an alien world, and hey. he's now inside that kid after giving him medicine. Hey, kid, let me inside you. So I don't want to dig any deeper into those implications, <laughs> <laughs> but Mike's going to, so that's perfect. It's okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> But yeah, so that's a, a whole thing that you just got to get past that you can embrace your inner dragon and start yeah. using those fireballs that he's got. And uh, I don't know about you, but I did actually, the weird thing is that Bert gets an upgrade, and I don't know if it's documented anywhere, but I noticed it and I tested it. Um, but if you get to past full health, like if you look at any of the screenshots, there, it's got the, the health bar on the top, and then, well, life bar anyway on the top, and then it says like round and then score and stuff like that. If you get it past the R on the round button, on the round whatever, he gets a double fireball eventually, and you can lose it if you go down uh, past the single or past the thing. Which you will, because even though he can shoot enemies from a distance, they don't have this stunning effect. So if when you get to a boss, yeah, and the bosses are they just bad. take like, hits and saying, roll You go through it. these doors, they take like forty or fifty hits, and they don't get stunned. So it doesn't matter if you have a long-distance weapon, because they will just jump towards yeah, you. and they just come through it. And they will fucking hit you. It's amazing how terrible it is. But uh, So we each came up with a different type of candy that represented the, the game to us. What, what did you pick for this? Well, mine would be that it would be... My candy comparison is that this is like those uh, little coffee toffee things that come in the uh, the no name wrappers. Oh yeah, perfect. You know they just have a picture of a haunted house. Yeah, they have like cats like and pumpkins ghosts and, and pumpkins bats. and bats, and they're like orange and black. I know what you mean. They taste like <laughs> yeah, like and, Werther's, but like wax. Yeah, it's so hard to eat them. That's like the job of candy. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh my god, you're totally right. <laughs> See, for me, I was thinking like um, like an almond chew or like a bounty bar where they've taken all the goodness of a chocolate bar where you think like you're, you're rummaging through your candy and you got like a Reese's cup. That's cool, but you, it's just individual, you know? You want more than that. So then you find this big old chocolate bar and you're like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. And then you crack into it and when as soon as you bite down, you realize it's full of coconut and garbage. And you're just like, oh, it's just filler. Like, they tricked me. This game is coconut. This game is shredded coconut. It's exactly what I, that's exactly what it is. Shredded (laughs) coconut wrapped in chocolate. Oh, yeah. And uh, the the bosses are, I mean, everything about this, like, it, the way the bosses are, it looks like a, like a mistranslated Japanese game. But again, it was never released in Japan. Never in Japan. It's so weird. One of the bosses that I'm looking at is the shrimp. You'll face a a man-eating plant. Yep. Who they always say something, they always have a catchphrase. Yeah. Like a man eating plant saying, Hello baby. Yeah, or Which, the shrimp saying, Look out, baby. Look out, baby. And it's a shrimp. And this one is like Frieza. It's it like, just keeps changing. You start off the battle. It but this isn't its final form. Yeah, and it's terrible. This is actually when you when you when I when you when I experienced this, I came through it be- and I It becomes an onion ring. And then it becomes a shish yeah, kebab. Yeah, a, su- a sushi just... shish kebab. Um, but yeah, actually, when I started playing, like, I played this first because, you know, we were going to play through these all. So I just picked this one up. I thought it would be fun to play. It looked great. And then this is where I gave up. I was like, I can't beat this fucking guy. I'm giving up. And I actually went to the other three games first. 
and I had to come back to this one to finish it so that we could record this episode. It was so terrible. I was like, I need more yeah, time. I mean, oh, like we could talk about the bosses. Like uh, you go through the dark world and then like a dark world dungeon where you have to fight a Medusa. And again, I was right. You fight a haunted wishing well that throws plates at oh. you. And then you fight a giant sphinx that says, my legs hurt. Yeah. Or my legs are asleep. And then you fight a giant cow that says, move it. Do you have a list of the bad guys somewhere? Yeah, it's on the Wikipedia. And then uh, you get to the uh, Dark World Tower. And that's... Uh... Wait, is it the Dark World Tower or the Dark... No. The Haunted Mansion. That's as far as I made it. Number six. The Haunted Mansion. There's only one boss in it, which is a giant reptilian chameleon that blends into the environment. No, no. That guy's and at the end. One... Yeah, because there's only one. No, I mean, like, and he's in the second... Or he's in the very last... The guy that you're describing is definitely the, the very last dude before you fight no, the main boss. It... No, the chameleon is in the maze. Like, it's a green thing, and there's four of them. And they all blend into the wall, but only one of them is real and takes damage. Which is awful, because they all look like green, distorted, awful, melting faces on the wall. But only three, but three of them are ghosts. And this one I gave oh, up on simply that because was, okay. as you're going through this maze, yeah, you have to go through all these yeah. doors. Which, of course, I had to get a walk through because fuck those oh, are you doors. kidding? I just, I just door smashed. I just literally door smashed. <laughs> and oh, there's good. fireballs that materialize in the middle of the screen mm-hmm. where, coincidentally, you, you are. You need to pass through so, it. So no matter what, like, timing it is impossible. I tried batting them away because they had the, the great design flaw of the fact that the game can't render more than, like, two of them at a time. So if you bat one and you bat it at the right angle, it'll take a long time on the screen, and it'll delay the stupid thing from sending it another one, and you can space out the charges like that. That's how I got through them. You figured out how to lag hack the yeah, game? Yeah, basically. There's also, um, you know when that one, I guess it's like a sewer level, I'm not sure where exactly it is, it's earlier in the game, there's like stones that you can't bat. You can hit them with projectiles, they'll break. But eventually you come across one path of stones where like there's two falling, and they're alternating, and originally when you come across the stones, you only have enough time to get under if you like start moving from literally like beside the stone where it looks like you're going to get hurt. If you start moving as it's going up, you'll make it through before it comes back down on the other side. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so the two stones well, is impossible. But what I figured out is that when you hit the stones with your bat in futility, the it actually like um, like lags the stone and it like it like blinks out for a second and says like fuck you. But if you do that often enough, you can lag it and get it to time up with the other stone as the other stone keeps moving. And then you can just have to like pass through one stone, maybe taking one damage. If you're lucky, you won't take any. I also found out <laughs> that if you like crouch beside the stone, I don't know if you crouched at all when you were playing the game, but you do this weird little worm, inchworm kind of deal. Yeah, you can inchworm across the Yeah, so if you crouch... Look cool. If you, yeah, it looked really neat. It was a nice little animation. Pretty much useless tactically, though. Um, but I found yeah, that if you... It would have been really great if I could dodge... It would have been great if I could dodge bosses actually, by actually using this amazing Yeah, and, and to be honest, I did take advantage of it a couple of times. Like, uh, there was a caterpillar boss that uh, when he rolls into a ball, he spins at you. But if you tuck yourself in the corner, because it's a square like environment, and he's a ball, 
he just can't touch you at a certain spot. You know what I mean? So I got away with that a couple of times with him and a couple other bosses that were like the same shape kind of deal. Um, but other than that, the ducking thing was useless. Other than that, and and like crouching and and sneaking right beside the boulder so I could sprint to the last second kind of deal. Yeah. Now you get to fight the Grim Reaper in this game, yep. but tell me, is he the last boss? Absolutely not. Because is he the second last boss, like Dracula? Nope. Like the, so the Grim Reaper, death itself, a, a seemingly important boss, and it's just a regular boss. Yep. Oh, the caterpillar's name is Royce, like Rolls Royce. That's amazing. Because he rolls. (laughs) And the return of Giant Spider, which I don't remember fighting at all. Maybe you were able to dodge him. I don't know. And then you fight the. Do you ever have to not fight bosses? Like, because I was constantly finding other. No, I think you have to. uh, You have to get the question marks. Well, I was gonna say I was constantly finding other question marks, but. I never, like, I don't remember if any of them actually led to me getting to the boss faster or or getting to the end of the level. Because that's the thing. These levels don't even have end bosses. It's just, like, fight three bosses on your way. Leisurely just fight three bosses. And then once you're done and that, you'll get a key, which will let you pass to the next place. And you can fight them in any order. Will generate. A key will generate in your inventory, in your inventory. if you get to yeah, the question marks. for no specific reason. So the question marks actually kind of like random things, because I figured out later, I thought that they were just points, but I figured out later that sometimes I was getting health from them, and sometimes I was turning into a dragon. Like, actually, we were talking on the phone for a while while I was playing, and I got really excited and then really frustrated, because I found a spot that I thought was a dragon pill, but when I went back to it, it was just a question mark that happened to give me health the second time. And I wasn't able to get through it again. And it was a pain in the ass. Because most of the time you just want to be the dragon for the mobility. That's what I liked about him. Because you can fly really fast with the turbo button. And then when you push down, wherever your guy is. And this works with the kid too. But when you're the dragon it's more useful. But when you push down it just drops like a rock straight down. And you can just like pinpoint it. And just drop wherever you need to like be safe. And I had to bow out at round six because of the, like, the screen was flashing with these fireballs. It's not enough that it, like, a fireball generated. It kept flashing. Yeah, it's just this constant I don't, I don't have green epilepsy. color, greeny blue. I don't have epilepsy, but I do have annoyance. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, had to, I just had to bow out at this. But, Brandon, you toughed it through. Yep. You beat it. So you read the world of darkness. Tell us, what happened did like was there a princess that gave you a kiss or something like what was your big reward for all this hard work for suffering through for for outlasting me oh boy i'm actually a little bit ashamed to say it but it was pretty rewarding like i said in the sense that like once i finally beat the or came up to the boss i didn't have any more dragon pellets whatever the fuck that's about and i had to beat him with my stupid baseball bat the final boss however like, all these bosses are just ridiculous, so obviously you're expecting something off the wall. What I interpreted him as, or him or her, I guess it shouldn't gender neutralize, um, it looked like a giant face, and throughout the last uh, three castles, you could see the face building in the background, like there's uh, an eyeball kind of faintly in the background in the first castle, and then you go to the next doorway and you go in, and then there's like lips and stuff, and there's like a couple of decoy castles in some of the levels that are just empty and that's just bullshit sometimes but you go into those and you can see like the lips and stuff forming when you finally get the last one he's fully formed and he comes out of the wall and he fights you but basically he just opens his mouth which is he looks I guess like the the main cover monster where he's just eyeballs and a mouth 
and uh, but he opens his mouth and he shoots baseballs at or eyeballs. I mean, sorry, shoots eyeballs at you that you have to use your baseball bat to bat back at him. But his only weak spot is uh, shielded, and it's like a little green nose kind of thing in the area of like the middle of his face. And when it unshields, it looks exactly like a terrifying monster clitoris that you're trying to bat away, <laughs> and it's fucking traumatizing. And the worst part is, you finish the game, you finally beat this guy, and like, for me to finish it, I had to literally, like, at the same time as I was like, salvaging life points for every time that I would get hit, I would just back to my last save point like two seconds earlier, and then dodge the enemy a different way till I get like two steps past him, and then save again, so I could dodge the next enemy to get past him. I was doing the same thing with the bosses, where every time I landed a hit, I would immediately save, and then if I ever got hit, I would backtrack too. Same thing. The only way to get up that ladder was like one rung at a time. And eventually, you beat this big dumb bastard down, and the cutscene starts. And, you know, the, the fucking. The payoff. The, uh, and actually, like, to be honest, the cutscenes in this game were actually pretty decent considering. Like, this game came out when? Like, 1989, I think it was? Yeah. That's pretty decent considering. I mean, it is Bandai also, and they have a huge spin off of this, right? Oh no, it's not this game that we're talking about. But, uh, um, so yeah, the cutscenes, they're really nice. They're, they got a little text box on the bottom, they got like the side curtains and everything. And the game's got passwords too, I, we forgot to mention, but in between the levels it gives you passwords and the level start screen, it's a really creepy, like, uh, red curtain with like a blood stage and like a bunch of dead skeletons in it, and it's the same as the game over screen too. But that just adds to the, looks really nice. Totally shitty game, though. Um, One thing I got to admit is that the game over music was pretty sweet. But you never answered my question. You destroyed the yeah, bad sorry. guy. You free the world of darkness. What is your so, reward? What is the payoff? The final cutscene. You are Max or Mark or whatever. You kill the bad guy. Fucking Bert thanks you. And he sends you back home. Or you just kind of like appear back home. No, yeah, no. He thanks you and he gives you a gift. And uh, I think it, like the cutscene says something about like you can't open it here though. So you go back home and you're in your room and you open it. And this like invisible princess comes out. And you're like, oh my god, this is awesome! And she like... Wait, invisible princess? Yeah, she's like see-through. She's like translucent or something, like a ghost princess. Oh, like a... I don't know, it's not like a bad thing, though. She's like super beautiful, and it's like, oh my god, right? And there's this little kid. He's got like zero details, too, because that part made me laugh. She's got like details on her face. She looks actually like nice as a sprite, I guess you'd say. And he's got like just eyes and a little nose and a smile. I'm like, that's just so not detailed, but whatever. 
and she, he's all excited, and then she turns, uh, she turns evil, and she releases a bunch of monsters and attacks him, and then, uh, you see his body get lifted in the air and melt, and it's super graphic. Oh, yeah, it's super cool. Bert set him yeah, up. Yeah, well, he didn't know, because it was actually an evil demon that Bert didn't know about that, like, you know, trick Bert or whatever. I guess Bert could have set him up, too. I didn't think of that. I just thought he got tricked. But then, um... It would explain his lack of homework. Yeah, right. And then so you know, that, that that he needed a hatchet man, and then he just had like a like a Pandora box. Yeah, to open it up afterwards, right? That makes sense now. I'm thinking about it. But anyway, so what happens is, uh, you know, you see his body melt, and everything's terrifying, and the screen's kind of flashing red and black. I think, and it's pretty fucking trippy for a Nintendo game. Yeah, it's game. bonkers, right? And then it just stops, and it goes to wake up, honey. You're gonna be late for school. And then he opens his eyes and he's in his bed and his mom's waking him up. And I'm like, oh, you piece of shit. You got me with the dream game thing. Fuck. <laughs> we got Super Mario oh, 2. Oh, we got fucked. So after all that, it's still the classic uh, looks better than it is. That's how I rate it this time. Wait, so that's it? It was, it was all, it was all dream. a dream, yeah. None of it even happened. He used to read Word Up magazine? Yep. He gets up and he goes to school and that's it. Oh, actually, I think he gets up and uh, when he opens the door, he sees uh, Bert, but it's like a statue or something. And it turns gray. I just stopped paying attention. I was like, I'm so fucking mad. And then like the credits rolled and it's just a bunch of Asian people names that I can't read anyway. So I was like... <laughs> you, were, you were too upset by the pussy uh-huh. trap. I was upset by... My lack of THC because this game had distracted me and taken up time when I could have been enjoying marijuana. This sounds, <laughs> this sounds like it could be like the opposite of a uh, of like those uh, gay conversion camps for Christians. This could be like the gay revenge equivalent because he gets traumatized by a boss like as you described with a clitoris. Yeah. And then he meets a pretty girl who then turns out to be a demon in disguise and attacks and destroys yep, him. melts him away. And then the only, like, other woman in his life is his mother, so she just, like, takes care of him and stuff. Makes sure he goes to school on time, because obviously he can't get his ass out of bed. Yeah, so maybe this is, like, trying to, like, spread the message of, like, you can't trust women. Don't trust the females. Yeah. The death Shebas. So... <laughs> yeah, so uh, I gotta say, like, uh, again, I'm sticking with uh, like my bland, hard caramel candy. Yep. And if if I got this in candy form, I would egg the house whatever <laughs> bitch gave this to me. Yeah, we're going to throw eggs all over that fucking... We're going to go to Bandai headquarters and just throw eggs at them and just be like, uh, what, what's this about? Fucking Monster Party! That was 20 years ago! <laughs> I was going to say we should go to the, the, the camp crystal lake cottage that had the decorations up but i couldn't remember what fucking shitty decorations oh yeah we, we go to the camp crystal lake house it's got the the uh eggplant boss and the fucking big wooden samurai that one boss like the number of bosses that had to be in this game it like kind of blew my mind because i was impressed by the number in the roster but like i said there's the japanese uh inspired ones one of them like stood out as like just ridiculous and because we were on the phone when i came across him but he's this wooden samurai. Kind of looks like what I assume a nutcracker would be in Japan. And it just says, I'm a slowpoke. And he just runs at you. Basically, I guess, like, not the fastest boss. But he's moving. And he's throwing fucking samurai swords that you can't dodge. And you got to try to hit the swords back at him while you're trying to avoid him. And he just runs you against the wall left and right. 
and just oh fucking so goddamn frustrating. Oh, one more thing before we leave. There's two. There's some like there's like these bosses. They they fucking alternate. There's one boss who is simply a dead spider, whose dialogue box just says, "Sorry, I'm dead." Yeah. And then, and then you just you. get the key. You get the key oh, part. Yeah. It doesn't attack you. It's it just fucking dead. Yeah. There's a dead and plant one too. There's a pair of invincible dancing yes. zombies. Oh man! If you attack them, you're just gonna last fucking yeah. forever. So what you're supposed it's to do is wait. just watch them dance, yeah. and they will dance themselves to death. Did you know that, or did you have to look that up? smashing them for about a good three minutes straight, <laughs> and then I realized it does not have 11,000 hit yeah. points. I'm just gonna like fucking just wait until these guys like either attack me or whatever and then after about a two minute dance they just, they just die. disappeared and I got the It was fantastic. Mark, like, oh fuck? man. Yeah I honestly like because I'm using the turbo button too so I laid into them on one side for a good minute and a half and I was like maybe this zombie is like impenetrable so I jumped to the other side and I laid into him, and then I went out for a cigarette for a while, and then when I came back, they were both dead. And I was like, neat! <laughs> so then I had to find out what exactly did actually happen. So when I went back to my last save state, the, the place where I saved, it said, watch our dance. And then I hit A, and then they started dancing, and I'm like, oh, neat. So I actually sat there the second time, and I watched through it just to make sure. And they just, like, fizzle out. And I was like, oh, that's the best boss I've ever fucking seen. I swear to God. And it's funny because it just like breaks the fourth wall on you. It just makes you think about it. Like, watch our dance. No, I'm just gonna hit you with my baseball bat and say, "Fuck you guys. I'm tired of this." And it's like, no, really, you you have to watch our dance because you can hit us as many times <laughs> as you want, but that's not how it's gonna work. So that actually kind of made me laugh. That is the chocolate around the bounty bar. Just that one boss <laughs> and the dead spider boss. There was also a dead plant boss. I remember near the beginning. Some of the rooms are just empty, and they just give you question marks. Like, it's, it's a random room thing. I actually, like, sat there and milked the room for a while because it kept giving me question marks more often than other rooms. That was pretty neat. Um, you could actually milk. So one thing that I, I learned about the mechanics is that I think there's a limited number of hearts that you can get per level, but if you find a bad guy who will give you a heart, you can just move him off screen, move back on, and then kill him and get another heart. So you can just milk that. And that's how I did. That's how I got through each of the levels, like, I'd fight my way through the first half, lose a bunch of health, and then find a guy, and then milk him, and then get the rest of it saved there, and then I'd go back and forth, and like, halfway through the level, typically, you find a dragon, so I'd skip the first couple doors, find a dragon, and then save, and then fly back with the dragon, and then just nuke them with the fire, and there was only two bosses that I also found that were tricky, because you literally, like, either their hit spot was so ridiculous, or that, um you basically were constantly getting hit by their shit. Like, there was one guy who was a rock and roll fucking weirdo, and he's, like, shooting music notes at you.
and I was just constantly getting hit by his shit, and I couldn't do anything about it. As a dragon, you can't fly anywhere, you can't avoid him, but as the kid, if you stand beside where his amp is, he doesn't move that far left, and you can just stand there swinging your bat, and nothing can hit you at the same time, and eventually, like, over X amount of tries, you'll accidentally hit him, and he'll eventually die, but, like... Yeah, you think being the gargoyle would be boss, yeah. but you can't deflect any projectiles, so it means if shit's coming at you, you're going to get fucking Yeah, hit. but to be honest... At least if you're the kid with the baseball bat, you can send the that The only time back. I ever was the dragon was for the firepower and for the mobility, so for that sake, like, if you're going to complain about not being able to defend, you should just get out of the way. I was like, I was all right with that. Like I said, I like the whole fact that you could fly really fast with the turbo button and then just drop like a rock, and that was how I was avoiding a lot of things. I'd let them seek me, and they'd come up to the top of the screen, and I'd just drop down, and then they'd all crash into the top or whatever. Yeah, there's a, a little bit of trivia. Oh, yeah? And it says in the 2000s, Again, 2000s, so 11, at least 11 years after this came out, the game became infamous in online gaming circles when prototype screenshots of a Japanese Famicom version known as Parody World Monster Party began circulating, showing different bosses and parodies. No version of the game was ever released in Japan. On May 26, 2011, again, like 20 friggin' over 22 years after... The Nintendo, a prototype of the cancelled Japanese release was re- was listed on Yahoo Japan auctions, yep. closing at a very high price of 483,000 yen, which is 6,000 American dollars. Wow. This is $6,000 more than this game is worth. And it says the unreleased Japanese Famicom version was leaked online July 3rd, 2014. And there's even a legacy section of the Wikipedia. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at right saying, now. Saying about... Monster Party is infamous in the retro gaming community for prototype images released in Japan before the game's release in the U.S. The images reveal a different original concept that was much darker and more graphically complex than the version eventually released. Now, one thing i got to say about this game, graphics is not the weak point No, they, they did a game. good job with a lot of the monsters, like... It was pretty easy to tell what they weren't, you know what I mean? Like, I remember at one point in one of the final levels, there's a a doctor with an elephant head, and then you attack him, and the elephant head comes off, and it's just a regular doctor. And I was like, wow, that's <laughs> genuinely impressive, because I can see that that's an elephant mask, and then it comes off, and it's a real dude underneath. Yeah, or the cat in the well. Yeah. Like, when his paws are over the edge, you can see that they're paws. Yeah, they're not just weird like, smudges or whatever. Graphics is not the, the graphics is not the weak point. Actually, and the to music that same boss, right. uh, a further point of detail is when he's throwing the little things at you. For the most part, the, the projectiles that they choose to throw are like fireballs or whatever. But he's actually throwing dead mice. And I noticed that um, before I even took a screenshot. But I had to take a screenshot to, like double check myself but yeah they're dead mice that he's throwing and you can tell that while they're hurtling at you you don't have to like you don't have to stop and look at it you can just be like well he's throwing dead mice that makes sense you know they're that detailed that i was actually pretty impressed oh yeah and in other changes that were revealed was that the large plant was supposed to have a microphone and a speaker oh to uh really reference the little shop of horrors things oh and it says, the game is remembered for its bizarre premise by both fans and critics alike. Yeah. 
the horror content that was permitted in the game, large amounts of blood and use of the word hell, have puzzled gamers as Nintendo was notorious for enforcing censorship in the 80s and early 90s. And it says, in the latter 2000s, following the release of beta images, gamers realized that an invisible platform inside the man-eating plants chambers was in fact the deleted speaker system and that the programmer simply covered the sprite in black pixels <laughs> rather than remove ah, it. that's hilarious. Because I guess, I guess the paint button is easier, than easier to use delete. than the delete. <laughs> I guess so. That's funny. <laughs> I noticed that platform, too, on my like second time around. To be honest, I finished it once, and then I got back into it. And like I said, we were on the phone when I was playing it, and I was like, fuck, I almost started playing it again. Like, god damn it. Yeah, and it says that they It's uh, actually that good. Have Gamers have begun searching through the source code because, again, as if this thing game is worth the fucking right? work. It's ridiculous. Going through the source. We gotta code stay up on this to see, see if, if there's any news that develops on this game. Like it says, as of 2011, the project is still underway yep. to restore because this game needs a fucking Criterion release. Oh man. Amongst discoveries made by those working on the project was the revelation that many of the game's more incongruous bosses may have originated as copyrighted characters that had to be altered for the game in the United States. <laughs> that the pumpkin ghost with the spinning head was originally an ape from Planet of the Apes. So, again, you thought you were fighting the great pumpkin from Charlie nope. Brown, but no, you were supposed to be fighting Dr. Zaius. Ah, I knew it. The box inside the cat seems to have been originally from the gremlins. Or the cat, the giant cat inside the box. So I don't know what you're talking about with the well, but I, I thought it was a box. No, there was a well that threw dishes at you. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Well, a second ago you mentioned the cat and you said the well, and I forgot that you mentioned the dishes. Yeah, I thought the cat was in the no. well. Thought it was. Anyway, so we're finally done with this fucking game. It's got more attention from yes. us and the, and the rest of the internet than it deserved. I would be very happy if every version of this game just got burnt in the giant Atari pile that is, you know... Uh, E.T. Like, I kind of just... I'd be happy if this whole game just disappeared.
people whose lives were changed by it got paid some money, that'd be okay too. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say that this was the uh, the cream of the crap right yep. here. Okay, so next so, on the list, what are you thinking? Friday the 13th? Well, yep. That's what I was thinking. So, I've uh, I've talked to Rear off about the last game, so you can ramble about this well, one. Well, this one I actually have some uh, childhood fond memories of as well, so that's perfect, because... Uh, this, uh, if any of the listeners also listen to Playing With Power, they've heard my small introduction to my Nintendo life being that my grandparents had a console uh, tucked away in their storage for like the longest time when I was a kid. And I was probably, you know, seven or maybe six when I finally cracked it open. And I said, what the hell is this? And they're like, well, that's, you know, your dad's console from when he was a kid, but you might as well use it. He never did. He was always outside playing sports and stuff dumb kid playing sports who does that right and so of course i I cracked into immediately there's a giant tote crate of probably like i think there must have been over 100 games into it and like they just never used it i don't know where they got all the games from i never asked i should look into it more but one of my favorite games to lose over and over again was friday the 13th part of it actually to be honest i'm reliving it was that some of them just didn't work no matter how hard i cleaned them they just wouldn't work so it was really a gamble each time what I was going to get if the game was going to be all glitchy and fucked up or if I was going to be able to see stuff proper. And Friday the 13th was one of the only ones that worked. Of course, it was an LJN game that actually continued to fucking function. I can't believe that. But. So for me... They put they put better money into the manufacturer of the fucking cartridge yeah. than the programming that went <laughs> yeah, into exactly. it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. For me, it was a lot of frustrated memories of selecting random counselors, trying to figure out who was better than who. And I remember playing this game again this time around. I immediately remembered never being sure who was better than who. Like, there's always, like, weird stats that I, you know, never could nail down about, like, who was a better rower and shit like that. And then I had to, when I looked at the walkthrough, it's like other people poured through this game. It's, it's got another, it's another game that's gotten a lot of attention, I think, because uh, it came back up in, like, fan fiction, or not, uh, not fan fiction, in, like, the fans' eyes. It came back around, I think, recently, and uh, well, the angry video game nerd gave it a good review for one of his Halloween. Uh, episodes. Oh yeah, is that a recent one or is that an older like last year? Uh, he's been around for a while. It was one of the old ones, one of the original. Oh yeah, ones. true. I'll have to take a look at that. But uh, yeah, so I just I just remember being super frustrated and just constantly like I I was going under the tactic that if I get him in the house, at least I can dodge his attack. If I get him on the if I get him on the path which is part of the, the mechanics, is that uh, it's nearly impossible to dodge that axe and keep hitting him. So uh, when I read the walkthrough and it said to do the opposite, I was very surprised. But apparently, according to the mechanics, he takes more damage outside and you can chase him down and you only have to technically take one hit, whereas when you're in the house, you're basically taking the gamble of taking you know, a full health bar off of one of your campers before you get any damage into him. So, the basic uh, the basic mechanics of the game. Uh, I don't know how far did you get actually, Mike. Well, I think we forgot to uh, start off with the description of the. Oh, plot. that's what I was kind of going to get into the mechanics of the game. Like what? It's a pretty typical summer at Crystal Lake. There's a group of happy children in the camp. You and your six, you and your five other counselor friends are watching over the kids while watching them enjoying the lake and the wilderness. The days are bright and sunny, the nights are cool and clear, and there's a psychopath on a rampage. 
and it's up to you to stop it. Yeah. It's not going to be easy. You must fight your way through forests filled with man-eating wolves, caves covered with blood-sucking bats, and hordes of mindless zombies everywhere you turn. This is a bad place to open a campsite. <laughs> yes, yeah, stop going back to here. If you have a family that makes this a tradition, <laughs> leave them. Get on a train if, if it, <laughs> and go to a different city. If if the fact that like a, a, a machete-tossing psychopath on a goalie mask isn't the most dangerous, isn't is only among the yeah, most dangerous that's things definitely, there. You know, a you good have reason. poorly chosen a location to send the but, kids. But the water skiing, Mike. <laughs> I just can't believe it. The water skiing, the tar swing over the lake, it's worth it. It's so worth it, right? For the kids that survive. Because, <laughs> uh. again, uh, strangely enough, this takes a rapid deviation from Friday, from the Friday the 13th movies, in which case your goal isn't to drink and have sex and get killed, but to save children who, again, in the movies, never show up. Yeah. There are no kids in the Friday the Thirteenth movie because he's always killing counselors at a exactly. lake. Exactly, and but where's the and another kids? thing is that he never actually like it's implied in the game that he actually kills these kids, but it's never depicted in any way other than if you are a counselor who loses, you just collapse on the ground. But you never like there's no blood in the game. They're just throwing axes and throwing <laughs> knives. You just you just die with you just die in despair. Yeah, you just. You just after hearing the screams of the It reminds children. me of one of those um, Michael Bay drink milk commercials where there's like a little, there's like a young girl, she's like probably 12 or 14, and she's in a hallway, but she's all like deflated and like two-dimensional, and then she drinks some milk or whatever, and it's like, your body needs milk to live. And, you know, she like <laughs> reinflates. Are you sure? <laughs> are you sure that it's not one of those marijuana commercials? It, it looks like that. They're just, they're just deflated on the couch and just like... Oh, I just smoked a joint. <laughs> hey, you can go party and have fun. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing because marijuana makes me just do nothing and takes away my life. <laughs> See, that would actually encourage me to want to smoke. I'd be like, fuck those partying twats. I'm going to smoke and hang out I with want, you I, guys. You guys are I want to exist without bones. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> a great time. I want to be a human blob. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we were saying, so you basically, you uh, control... I think we were trying to describe the plot. You have to go, uh, when you start the game, it tells you you have to light torches. You have to light the fireplace With torches, which is a grammatical error, or like a translation error, I guess, on their part. Yeah, because you use a zippo. Yeah, because there's actually a lighter that you find, like, two minutes after killing some bad guys, you'll find a lighter, which isn't a torch. I thought, like, when I was a young kid... I remember that being confusing, too. And I thought maybe they were just saying torch like English people say flashlights. And I was like, but that still doesn't make any sense because why are you using a flashlight to light the fireplace? And then I walked inside one of the houses and I lit it with the Zippo. And I was like, this is just bonkers. Oh, yeah. they, they Oh, my God. It's just fucking awful. And you know what? There wasn't a Japanese release. Yeah, so it's another one that's just confusing as fuck for no reason. This isn't a translation Somebody error. Somebody should... This game was written by people who speak English for a fucking living. Somebody should definitely be fired or something for this because it's ridiculous. They should be banished to Crystal <laughs> yeah, Lake. Yeah, that's it. That's, all these people should be round up. The people who made uh, Monster Party, the people who made this, should be round up, brain harvested for information, and then dumped in the lake. <clears throat> Upon finding nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you'll find neat little quirks 
You could probably make like a fun little word puzzle out of some of the garbage that you find in their head. That'll be neat. <laughs> but anyway, so um, so yeah, the idea basically is that with the the six counselor six counselors at your control, you can use the start map uh, or like the pause map to switch between them if you go into one of the little houses. And you're basically although you trying you shouldn't sorry you shouldn't because there's only one good. Well, one. there's two good ones technically if you check the wiki back whatever um and like i was saying i never had any luck trying to actually pinpoint the best one until i checked it out this time around and it boils down to basically mark and chrissy out of your your six counselors you got three guys and three girls and they just split them down the middle where you got mark is the best with one flaw in i think it's rowing and then you got chrissy is the second best but she's got her flaw in jumping and she's got, you know, one extra point in rowing, I guess. And then I'm pretty sure it goes George, uh, or no, sorry, it goes Paul, Laura, George, Debbie, because George and Debbie are the worst. And the garbage people are George and Debbie. So basically... Um, Is George the black guy? No, Paul's the black guy. He doesn't die. I don't know why. I tried to kill Paul numerous times. You think he'd That's be what first. I thought, right? And I did that thinking, okay, maybe this will just appease the video game gods. He won't die. I genuinely just let him camp by the lake because uh, I was going to say, um, there, there was one point when I was playing it through until I read the, the Wikipedia FAQ thing um, when I thought, well, fuck it. I'll just let him kill everybody until he gets out of the last guy. And then I won't have to chase him down. He'll just constantly be after me and I can just fight him like I do with all the other video games. I'll just brute strength and ignorance my way through it, right? But no, that's not possible because if you beat him... That way, you need to have one kid and one counselor alive, and so that doesn't work. So I had to go back, and like I started the game fresh again, and this time I played it as Paul, and I just let Paul camp beside the fucking lake, and every time Jason showed up, I'd send Paul in to go fight him, and somehow Paul always made it out unscathed. Like, every time I played with Paul, I was like, yeah, I'm on fire, this is crazy. Kept sending Paul in to do all the dirty work, and he was coming out all right. Um... The one thing that like truly made a difference this time around and understanding it helped. And this is actually knowing that um, when I was a kid, these games were all in like a tote box, but like a couple of them had boxes. So like some of them were just stray, stray cartridges that didn't really work. This one actually came in a box. So I had the instruction booklet and everything. Of course, that doesn't mean I read it, but I had it. And it wasn't until like playing it through this time and reading the, the Wikipedia FAQ deal that I realized that there's upgradable weapons or, or like better weapons that you can get rather than just throwing rocks the whole damn time, which is how your counselors start off. And so the trick to this, and I had to watch a video, I sent you the video as well, I don't know if you ended up watching it, but it's about a nine minute video about the fastest, or like not the fastest, but the most uh, efficient way to kill Jason, I guess. It's, it's definitely not the fastest, but... Didn't I send you like a four minute speed? Yeah, run? you sent me a speed run, and then I did a little bit of researching off of that, and I found uh, another video that actually gave like a little explanation as well. So he like runs it down, he breaks down all the items, he breaks down everything for you, and then he puts it together. And the the end speed run is like the last five minutes of the nine minute video, so it's a little bit faster than the one that you sent me, or it's a little bit slower, sorry, than the one that you sent me, but it's a much more understandable. Basically, so he runs you down with the idea of you want to get the upgrades, and there's only one way to trigger the upgrades, but you can do it with every counselor, and you can do it over and over again, and you can pass off weapons. 
So if you set up a quick counselor at the trigger point to trigger them, you can send other counselors to go get them, and then your slow guys will be well defended if they get attacked, and your quick guys will be used to moving around and tracking down Jason and like actually attacking him because wait so did you use these guys to divide and conquer not so much I, I kind of ended up settling with a little bit of an in-between strategy where I just took like is it possible that you can win the game just by not fighting Jason but by letting him encounter well-equipped counselors yeah more or less that's how I did it like like and they can kill him and you'll get like to the next day yeah. with someone else fighting him yeah, you don't have to beat him with the same counselor at all. Like, because every time, every time you take him down, some he runs away, right? So that's your chance to switch counselors if, if you have to. But like, oh, but you no, you you can't like let them fight him off screen because you're talking about arming them. Yeah. So so what it what it is is what you got to do is there's a certain like uh, um, when you're looking at the main map, there's a little circle around the top left. That's your like uh, cave run path, right? And then there's your main circle around the whole campsite, and then there's a couple little deviations that squirrel around on the right side. And, uh, and it, oh, sorry, sorry, there's like a smaller circle around the lake, and then there's a large circle around the whole campsite, and then there's a left circle on the other side, right? So long story short, Jason takes a predictable path around it, and he goes counterclockwise for the first part, and then when he gets to the cave path, he goes clockwise inside that path, and he stops at every house, and he always fucks with whoever's around there, whether or not there's a person or not. So if you grab the fastest person that's in the game, and you run opposite to his path, whichever like part you happen to be at, you run the opposite to where he's going to be, then you'll eventually just run into him on the path. And if that like doesn't work for you, every time he stops at a house, if you switch to that person, like, okay, rather than walking into the house, because there's always like a person that's being attacked, right? So you can either walk over to the house with whoever you're as at the moment, or you can duck into an empty house, switch into the person that's being attacked, and then carefully get outside the house. Like if you maneuver your way through the house without accidentally triggering Jason, which is totally random every time. So I just use the classic save when I get there and then try to get out. And if I don't get out, I go back to where I was because it's literally like you got to turn around. So you can be the counselor that gets attacked yeah. and get the fuck and then, out. So once you get out, though, it draws him out to the path. And like I was saying before, um, when you fight him in a house, you're essentially just playing shot for shot where you can avoid all of his attacks. But if you don't avoid any of them, he can whittle down your whole health bar before you even get like a couple of shots in. But if you fight him on the path, like I used to avoid as a kid, you basically have to take the first hit. But if you get close enough, you can just spam attack him. And then as soon as he tries to run away, you can always launch a couple more things, whatever your attack item happens to be. And when the, the whole screen will like roll to the right, then if you happen to be a fast counselor when you're doing it and you get real lucky, you can actually continue to chase him while he's on his path. And you can just keep on his heels and just obliterate him. So the first two days, that's basically the easiest way to deal with it. And also, this is the biggest bastard of the whole game, and I didn't even know it until I read the fact. But once you beat him, he's not dead. Like, you reduce his entire energy bar, and then it just starts a fresh day. But, I mean, I was fucking, like, livid as soon as I found that out. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I gotta beat him three separate times? And it's such bullshit. But... 
the good news is that actually helped me because on the first day I had all of my counselors with zero percent health. Like everybody was on the fence and I had one person left and I managed to like sucker Jason into accidentally walking into one of my projectiles. It was so weird how it happened. I don't even know. But when he died and I was so happy and then it was like the next day started, I was like, what the fuck? And then I was so mad. I was like, nobody's got any health. They're all going to die. There's no potions. I've already collected as many of them as I can because there's a finite number of potions on the map, by the way. That's bullshit. There's a finite number of potions and there's a finite number of keys. And you need keys to get into the cottages that have the upgraded weapons. So they fuck you. If, you're, if you happen to be jumping around and you grab an extra key with a guy who already has a key, it just deletes that key. You're fucked. So, God damn it. These people hate players. Yeah, so I mean, like, the, the, the best thing to do is you use one person as the key collector... And they're the only person who can go in and out of the cottage, so they got to go in, retrieve the weapon, come out and pass it off to somebody. But you're risking a huge, like, safety thing if you try to go into a cottage with another person. Because if he's coming by, then you got two sitting ducks instead of just one. And you never really know where he is until he attacks. If you plan it right, you can see, like, okay, he attacked way on the other side of the camp. I've got a few minutes till he gets to this side. You can even throw a couple of your dumb slow campers in his way. And, like, you know, he's going to go fight George and kill George first. I got time to switch this weapon here and then go back and get another one for him to get back to me here and then have two campers that are readily armed instead of just one or whatever. But long story short, you, you got to go down to one of the cottages and you trigger the event by going in, turning left, and then walking forward. And then you find a note on the ground, just like you do in the house, basically. And it says, uh, go to the cabin by the woods. Then you go to the cabin by the woods and it says, fire will kill him. So then you go into the woods themselves and you got to find the the weird house up in the cabin in the woods. And when you get there, that's where you got to use the key. And then you walk into that house and you walk forward twice and you look right, which is very important. Don't fuck that up. <laughs> when you do that, you get another note that says fire will damage him the most, which you're just like fuck off with these notes already. And then when you turn around, if you're lucky, there might be an axe on the ground, and it's a good idea to grab that axe because anything is better than a rock. But the trouble is, the only way to get any items to spawn on the real map is while you're jumping. It like triggers it for some reason. So if you're jumping and you're looking for potions, you might accidentally get a key, like I was saying. Or if you have an axe in your hand, you might accidentally get a knife to spawn. And then you just got like a butter knife instead of an axe. And you fucked yourself. So that's super irritating. So what you want to do is you want to go hand off that axe as soon as possible. And then while you're doing that... You uh, go to the next cabin, and when you get there, you got to take two steps forward, one step right again, and it's super weird because it's super finicky, but there's two cabins that have the exact same motion. Like, why boil it down to such finite, you know, attributes, but then just say, fuck it, copy and paste that one? I don't understand. It just blew my mind when I found that out. But then... This game was made... By people who hate people. Yeah, that's obviously, like, this is just a Saw game for people, like, way back before Saw was a thing. Like, do you want to play a game? This was Saw for your soul. Exactly. So then, when you get into the last fucking cottage, and I don't mean the last as in, like, it's the last cottage you'll ever be in, because this is, like, the setup to being able to start making Jason's day a bad day. You know what I mean? You haven't even, you've just barely survived encountering Jason four or five times by the time you get to this last cabin. And you... 
you have to be told this yeah. shit. Because oh, yeah. Nothing in the game is really telling Anything you. in the game that's written is either inaccurate or just so plain and nondescript. Like, fire will hurt him. Well, yeah, fire hurts 99% of carbon-based life forms. Thanks for the update, Tips. Yeah. So do sharp metal objects. <laughs> like, holy bananas. So you fucking do your little dance, your two moves right and your one move forward, whatever the fuck I said earlier, and you get a torch, which just looks like a flaming torch sitting on the cabin floor, which is not good. And the random, the random jumps, how you have to, like, jump to make things appear in the invisible air. Yeah, and it just shows up. Like, why don't you just fucking go to the spot where it should be, find it, instead of be like... Oh, you gotta uh, you gotta step up to this pine tree. Take two steps left. Jump up three times so you can appease the random number yeah. god. And the best part is, if all of this isn't enough for you, there's even more that you can do if you want to get better weapons. Because also, if you go into the cave loop, which I 100% avoided, I actually use the cave loop as like kind of like a trap and a shitty camper dump off. Because Paul ended up working out really well as the uh, the lake guardian so i had paul guarding the lake with an axe and i put george and debbie over at the can uh, over at the cave and that way i could just switch back and forth because i found a nice little loophole where if if um for instance <laughs> i happen to be mark somebody else is under attack call him george if i switch into debbie and i walk into george's cabin and then i switch back to mark they'll like re-dissipate but mark will be in the cabin that's under attack now so that I can use him. And it's totally not supposed to work like that. But I fucking exploited the shit out of it. So... If you create a shitty system, you deserves to, it deserves to be exploited. Yeah, so more often than not, uh, I had that trap set up where I would have two shitty people, whoever wasn't dead, up in the little cavern area. But if you actually go into the caves, you can find Jason's mother. And on the first day, she gives you a better axe than the one that you can find, like the way that I talked about. If you do it on the second day... You can find um, a sweater, I believe. And if you do it on the third day, there's a machete waiting for you. And It's a pitchfork. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's a pitchfork. My mistake. And uh, long story short, the way to do this shit is even more convoluted. Like, to get into that, you got to go get a fucking light or, like, a flashlight by lighting all the cottages. <laughs> like, you got to fucking go up there at the right time, and like if it's not the right day, then you're just not going to get the power-up that you need, and if you've already gone past it, then you're fucked. And it's just so ridiculous. Like, ah, uh, it was just absurd. So I skipped yeah. all that, and I just went, fire and axe, and we are going to bludgeon this guy to death, and he's not going to escape me. That's how this is going to go down. <laughs> so I managed to make it. You didn't get so far, did you? Nope. I didn't know any of this weird unintuitive bullshit. And this is also the kind of game... I actually tried... I tried to light the... Uh, there were some cottages I couldn't enter, but it's something like, oh, you're supposed to light up all the cabins, so then I had to figure out, oh, it's only the large cabins. Yeah. But then every time I try to get there, Jason shows up, and he'll attack me, knock me down to, like, half health, yeah. and then before I can get anything... Oh, and by the way, getting potions, it doesn't cure nope. you. It... So, again, there's no fucking way to restore your <laughs> And health. nothing tells you that. So, the only way to figure that out, like oh. I did, was by trial and error. And I happened to be in a cottage by accident while I was trying to figure out what the fuck potions do. Because that's really the only place that you have a menu to even use. And I accidentally cured the shit out of the person that I was standing beside instead of curing myself. And I was like, this is horse shit. I just cured George. Useless George. Stupid yeah. ginger. Useless slow George. 
garbage idiot. Yeah, he doesn't have, doesn't have a soul. He's not. Worth He's saving. not worth saving. He should be on Freddy's side. He's probably going to betray us. Yeah, that's what he's. He already is. It's why he's. T- that's why he took your heel. Yeah, exactly. So he's that's a terrible Jason. thing, and there's no way to so know I that. So I tried to. Yeah. So I fought Jason, and then he. I fought him on the path, and then he leaves, and I'm like, okay, now what direction am I going? To? Oh fuck, he's, he's back. back! And then we just. <laughs> he was just like, fucking just, knocked me down to like another third health, and I'm like, okay. Okay, run. Got to get a potion. Fuck. Potion's not doing anything. What the fuck am I going to do? Oh, here comes Jason again. Well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to fucking die. Yeah. And then he punches you, and then you get a brief second of like, holy shit, I'm still alive. What's going on? I don't understand. Because he just collapsed and then came back, especially if you're on the road. And then and he just punches you again, and you're like, what was that? I don't, I don't know what that was. I don't understand. And then if you happen to be in a yeah. house, you happen to have the luxury of dying in a house... Then when you die, you can see the little potion get used, and you get four hit points. But the hit points are just so dumb, because for him, he takes out like six hit points in one hit. It's just stupid. And I, oh, it was even fucking worse than the design, the the unfairness, the lack of balance of power, is the the music is so fucking annoying, because it's like the same tones... On like a six-second loop. Yeah, it's just insane. I think so, they actually made it to torture people. I genuinely think that this was like a. Do you have uh, kids who have problems playing video games too often? Bring them to Doctor Lloydenstein's office, and we'll fucking teach them. <laughs> and then they just strap you down, and they like, give you this for fifteen this is the hours. Cl- this is the clockwork orange. Yeah, the, the modified Levigo effect. Just pin open their <laughs> the eye vitiligo. Look. The vitiligo. <laughs> The vitiligo yeah, test. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever it is. Ludovico, vitiligo, you know, that guy. <laughs> yeah, the Ludovico technique. But, yeah. yeah, like you're like the job is, it's like they give you this, and if you can't succeed, they zap yeah, you. Yeah, and honestly, when I beat this game, because I have, I have one housemate left up here for the season, and any of our viewers... Oh, Jason got to the, Jason got to the rest <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, basically. Um, but any of our viewers know that I'm trapped in Muskoka until the end of the season here, and then... We, uh, I don't know if I should allude to this much, but we might be planning a little road trip for the viewers or listeners. But uh, uh, long story short, I'm down to one roommate up here, which is nice. The comfort is great. But I was, uh, it was like late at night, and I finally beat Jason. And I literally stood up and screamed and like, like lost my laptop because my headphones were plugged in and everything. And like threw all this shit off my lap, and I was like, yes! And my roommate comes out like, bro... You gotta calm down, man. It's eleven thirty at night. I'm like, I beat Jason, and he's like, Well, at least we can all sleep like safe tonight. But you need to take it down a notch because <laughs> <coughs> he was happy, yeah, you so... know. But at the same time, I do respect that you know maybe just a couple notches less of decibels. <laughs> you got the clo- you got the closure. I could not. Yes. So I did that with all these games. In fact, so tell them what's the big reward? What's the big well, payoff that you finally overcome this terrible, horrible? After thing? you've seen two times, you've defeated Jason. You get these little like snippets of him all slouched over, and it's basically the same snippet both times. And then the third time, and it gives you a little like quote too. It'll say like, "You've beaten him for now, but he'll rise again at dawn," or some bullshit like that. I think that's the second day that they tell you that. And then on the third one, when you finally beat him, he's all sludged over. And I think Mike stumbled onto something real here. And we have to like look into this a little further. Conspiracy confirmed. But uh, basically, Jason's all hunched over. And it says, you've defeated him finally. You can rest safely. 
And then it's like, but will he rise again? We won't tell. And then it says, end. It just says, end. It doesn't even say the end. It just says, end. Just to leave you at that extra cliffhanger. And he's all slouched over. He kind of like, his shoulders will wiggle, I think. And he kind of like, gives you a little like. It'll probably be like, end, dot, dot, question. No, not even. It just says, end, period. I'll send you. I'll send you the screenshots that I got. I, I got a bunch of them because I was so mad. Yeah, we got we, we got J, we got Jason who looks partied out. Yeah. So so basically, the I don't know, Mike. Do you want to explain your theory that you think? Uh, well, I I, I just said he looked partied out, but tell him the direction you well, took. And <laughs> I I, I kind of want to give you credit for this, but like because you inspired it. But what I was thinking is like when you, it, when you watch the movies, you got Jason's mother who's sending him on all these, like, killing sprees and shit. And he's all deformed, and he's just trying to fit in. And so basically you've got a kid with a lost childhood, right? He didn't get a chance to play with any of the teen girls. He didn't get his first kiss. And then he gets murdered, like, brutally or whatever, which gives him the ability to come back every year. And instead of coming back and killing everybody like his mother programmed him to do, what Mike suggested that, uh, or, like, what Mike and I really worked out, is that maybe he's just trying to live through his childhood that he lost. And by him, like, going to the campsites, he's just trying to eat, like, he's following all these fornicating kids, and he hears the music, and he just wants to go and make out like all the other teens are. But then he gets there, and immediately they all start screaming and pitchforking, and all he can do is defend himself, right? But, like... <laughs> he goes through, like, a retard panic. Yeah, exactly. He just he just gorilla modes and, and just starts grabbing babies, you know? Like, who knows? <laughs> he goes full Harambe. <laughs> he goes full Harambe. Just everybody loses. Never go full Harambe. <laughs> What if you bring him into a proper, you know, like, student dorm, and, you know, you got a couple of big guys, you got some good-looking girls, everybody's drinking, you get a few beers into him, he's going to slow down a bunch, you know, you're going to get him on the couch, you give him some Mario Kart, watch his eyes start spinning, <laughs> and then, you know, he's just a calm, cool guy, he just wants to hang out, maybe he's a little quiet, maybe he's a little misunderstood. Yeah, he just wants to play, maybe, he wants to play games. Maybe he's good at guitar, who knows? He wants to play games like Pin the Knife on the Counselor. Yeah, or, uh, you know... Uh, seven minutes in heaven. Here, sweetheart, hold my machete in your chest. <laughs> seven minutes in heaven. In other words, I send you to heaven, and then seven minutes later, someone tries to hide in the closet from me, and then they find your body. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was looking at the uh, the reception for this game, and it says, like, Friday the 13th was released in North America exclusively. <laughs> I guess even Japan. Yeah. I, I think Japan would have done Pearl Harbor Part 2. That's if funny. we sent this game to them, I think they would have sent the giant floating head back to us. <laughs> <laughs> Show us what you've got. And then we send them this, and they're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> send the head. You do not got it. Send the head. <laughs> send, yeah, that's just send the vomiting head. <laughs> so Don't. it says Game Informer lists the game among the most difficult horror games of all time. Author Sandy Slavin called it a horrible translation of the films. Which is true, because if you're going to copy Friday the 13th, at least before Jason kills someone, instead of having kids there, can you at least have fucking teenagers? Like, if you're like, yeah. some teenagers are fucking in the lake, you better go over there and break it up before Jason does. Yeah, exactly. Why are you throwing children in the mix? And I just, I, like, I'd rather them be dead, but apparently the game won't allow my morality yep. scales, so Michigan's, I have to save them. Yeah, Michigan's... Michigan Daily's Matt Grandstaff called it a poor offering by LJN. You mean an offering, <laughs> a standard offering by LJN. <laughs> game... A completely exactly what you should have expected from LJN. You should not be surprised, friend. LJN. <laughs> by now you should know it means let's just not. 
<laughs> that's just not. Game Pro, that's beautiful. GamePro listed it as the 10th worst video game based on a film. Oh, my God. That means there's nine worse than this. <laughs> oh, that's alarming. And you know oh, what? Boy. We're probably going to find them. Criticizing its repetitive music score, fuck yes, amazingly frustrative gameplay. Man, I wish I could get this guy a high five. Oh, man, I like the vintage, uh, the book Vintage Games, what they said about it. Oh, tell me. Uh, well, basically, the, the Vintage Games, an insider look at the history of Grand Theft Auto, Super Mario, and the most influential games of all time is the title of the book. They criticized it for not being frightening and citing technical reasons for this. And that's just amazing. Yeah, Christopher Grant commented the game was more terrible than the deaths of the campers and called the game <laughs> craptacular. Oh, boy. He's just... Ooh, Nintendo Power. We're, we should yeah, be... Yeah, Nintendo uh, Power. Ooh, we're, oh, shit, it's going to be a while before we read this because it will be yep. in the September 1997 issue. And they yep. rated it as the sixth worst game ever made. That means... That I think they have a cover there's issue. There's a bottom five. Yes, there is. Oh there's probably God. also there's probably also like the rounding off ten of that list as well. Yeah, but so they're not as bad as this. I have to so say it's uh, it's almost like it's kind of playable in a way. Like if if everything is handed to you, then it's something that you can do. So yeah, I, that's what I found. Yeah, so not as bad as Monster Party, exactly. At least for that regard, because. You know, if you're told what to do, you can do it. Whereas Monster Party is just all random shit that will just friggin' attack and break you. Exactly. So I guess it, now, we also... Um, sorry, what were we going to say? Oh, I was just about to wrap it up as to what candy we would uh, compare it to. That's that's exactly where I was going to swing it. Look at us, teamwork. <laughs> Interrupting me <laughs> um, to get to the same place. <laughs> would you like to go first on this one? Sure. I would have to compare this to licorice. Black licorice. Fucking ugly, disgusting tar licorice <laughs> i could see that that's a pretty good comparison because there's even like there, i'm sure hopefully we get some some hate mail off of this because any mail is good mail as far as i'm concerned from those de- I'm sure. from those notorious deplorable licorice sympathizers yeah the black licorice, the black licorice sympathizers that's it uh my grandfather is a representative of that club i don't know <laughs> i don't like i don't know as a cook i can see how it has some merit it's actually derived from the uh, a ness a nest seed is, I think, how you say that. I'm not positive, but it's a Japanese spice, and it looks like a little star. And they grind it up, and they put it in just about everything, and it's really good and tasty in small doses. It's like ginger. You ever have like ginger at a sushi bar, and they give you the whole piece, and you put it in your mouth, and you're like, "Oh God, I'm so white. Why <laughs> did I put that in my mouth? I don't know what I'm eating. That tastes terrifying." Uh, it says here that the licorice is the root of the Glyceriza glabra. That's gibberish, Mike. Glyceriza glabra, which is a sweet flavor <laughs> which can be extracted. Oh. No, you're just speaking gibberish. It is not botanically related to anise, star anise, or fennel, which are sources of similar flavor compounds. Oh, I see. So I was thinking about, you know, flavor profile when I said that they're. Huh? You know, that I thought that was what it was yeah. from, but I guess and not. licorice. They actually make it from something else. Licorice is from the old French licorice, which comes from the Greek glucorisa, meaning sweet root. Huh. 
Now I'm learning stuff about food. <laughs> yeah, Mike's not always stupid. And now you're learning with taste tests. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I chose the candy, the jawbreaker, because it's the exact same uh, method to destroying a jawbreaker is you go to your dad's garage and you get the pair of adjustable vice grips and you get the hammer and you just wail on it for three different days. Just as Jason and, uh, does with a counselor. <laughs> yeah, just as Jason does, or as I had to do eventually with this, and you just wail on it for three days until eventually it cracks, and then it's just not as satisfying because <laughs> every layer is the same as the last layer. It's just hard sugar that you're just trying to bust through, and then eventually you get to the center, and you're like, oh, it's just more sugar. Well, shucks. Yep, you know that there was a uh, a series, a TV series based on Friday the 13th? I did not. It, I know, obviously, the movies. It but lasted know three series. seasons, and it was a Canadian-American collaboration. Really? And it has fuck all to do with the movies. Jason does not make an appearance. None of the what? characters that survived the movie is here. It was, even the, in, when it aired in the United Kingdom, it was called Friday's Curse. <laughs> That's so lame. But it does have connections... Oh. It does have connections to the cast and crew. The show, Are they at Crystal Lake? No. Or, but what? the show's producer was the producer of Friday the 13th Part 2. And then he was also... Oh, he was he was a producer in the movie from Friday the 13th Part 2 to Friday the 13th Part 8. Which was wow. a, a year before the TV series ended. And the show's star... John D. LeMay went on to star in Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. And guest star oh. John Shepard played Tommy Jarvis in Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. And David Cronenberg appeared in Jason X. Huh. So there is no Jason, because the plot is, is that a guy made a deal with the devil to sell cursed antiques, but he broke the pack and it cost him his soul. Now his niece and her cousin Ryan have inherited the store, and with it, the curse. Now they must get all the antiques back, and the real terror begins. So That is lame as fuck. There's no psychotic mongoloid in a hockey mask chopping people up. It's just people getting art, like antiques back. Which really sounds like uh, Antique uh, show. Warehouse 13. Oh yeah, that's actually a great show. I was which is a great show. A great premise yeah. on this. But apparently it was done first, and it lasted three seasons, so it couldn't have been that awful. That's terrible. I don't know. I feel like somebody just pumped out three seasons of this. Like, uh, they might have been rolling off the back of Jason money because they were making it at the same time as the movies. And sure, the movies aren't really going to be making a lot of money, but if they make enough money to clear it, and then they have leftover money, then that leftover money can easily make a TV show or fund the tail end of a TV show or whatever. And apparently it... And when it aired, it was it placed second just behind Star Trek The Next Generation when it aired. What? It was second in the male 18 to 49-year-old demographic. So what this was fuck? a fucking That's hit. Weird. This might have been something that I watched by accident and just didn't even know the name of. You know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah. It says it was created by Frank Mancuso, who was the producer for several Friday the 13th films. Huh. So apparently this was a good show. Yeah. Well. Well. So we're you ready to m- yeah. move on to the? We're halfway done. <laughs> Perfect. 
like so. My hands are too cold. Festive. My hands are too cold to snap. <laughs> they're in my pocket. You're, you're afraid that they're going to break <laughs> off if you try. It's chilly. Yeah. So we got Fester's Quester. Or, nope, yes, just sure Fester's do. Quest. And uh, yeah. I got to say, the overall music of this game was nice. The power ups felt neat. But uh, yeah. let's just talk about the game. Okay. Fester's Quest, released 1989. In North America and in Europe, a whole year later, on, for on September 14th. And uh, it's basically a run-and-gun, overhead adventure game. Yeah, while, exactly. While Fester is out enjoying a night of moonbathing, Fester bears <laughs> witness to an alien invasion and decides to take his blunderbuss and save the city. Along the way, he gains new tools and weapons, as well as clues on how to attack the alien mothership. Which is bullshit. You get because you do get a clue every time yeah, you defeat a you boss. You get what's called clues, but they're not. It's clues. a fucking picture of a UFO. It's a picture of you. Yeah, so the aliens took you. Like also, so like the main point of this is that you're supposed to be tracking down Gomez, um, but you really don't realize that he's not there until you've gone through everybody, and you're like, oh, I've seen the thing three times, but I haven't seen Gomez yet. And then you fight the last boss, and then you're like, oh, there he is. He's in the final picture. So obviously you're trying to track down Gomez, but they don't tell you that. Yeah, yeah. You encounter because Fester encounters different members of the Adams family. Thing, who will give you potions and visibility potions and missiles. Uh, Gomez isn't there because he's been nope. kidnapped. Apparently, Wednesday will give you stuff. Vi- yep. uh, uh, she gives vice you grips. vices. Yeah, yeah, she gives you vice grips. Which, uh, apparently you're not going to put anyone's nuts in. But no, apparently, I don't like, know. Because everyone knows vice grips are the cure for when you get stung by bees. Yeah. Because bees I will sting you don't. and make you move real slow. Unless you use vice grips, which apparently make you move normal speed. And then Morticia will give you a whip. Which is, uh, if you want to feel like you're in a shittier version of Castlevania... Go with that. Yep, that's the way to do it. And it's funny because like uh, it's super kinky that she gives you the whip, and it kind of looks like really weird and pink when you get it. So you gotta figure it's definitely like a kinky sex whip, considering you know the Gomez and and Morticia like atmosphere they've always got going on. Right? Oh yeah, they're heavy into BDSM. Oh yeah, so she's just like alone in the house and bored, and she's got nobody to whip. So she just gives it to Fester to go play with and entertain himself. Just don't smell while it. While he goes and saves her <laughs> husband. Yeah, and just don't don't give it a whiff. That's that's why it kills all those aliens that look like fungal diseases. 
Yep, so you go through an overhead map, and then you go through the sewer to get to different buildings. It's kind of like Ninja Turtles in that regard. In that you have yeah, it was very Ninja Turtles infinitely feeling. spawning enemies, and they'll drop power-ups, yep. except these will also drop power-downs, which is really yep. fucking frustrating, because if, if you defeat a stack of enemies, you will have like three power-ups and a power-down. Yep, and this is where Mike started cheating. Oh, yeah. At this point, <laughs> I just decided, fuck this frustration. It's bad enough dodging everything. It would be nice if I, if I don't have to worry about which power-ups I run into. So I downloaded a patch, which, yes, had, which had no downgrades. So anytime I defeat an enemy, I just rapidly increase my weapon. Yep, and what was the other um, patch feature Ooh, that came with that? It lets you shoot through walls. So right, which uh, it was funny because I chirped Mike originally for even you know entertaining the notion of downloading a patch to make it easier, and then I realized exactly what that would do, and uh, so I'll let Mike finish what he was saying because I kind of cut him off. But uh, well, enemies will attack you and shoot through walls, so this allows you to fight them on even footing, and you can yep. shoot through the walls. Yay! That's it. And it lets you shoot through the walls, and which is good because, <laughs> it does not like as Mike said, easier. there's the there's the occasional bad guy that shoots through the walls. I didn't find any of them till the alien ship really that were actually bothersome. But when you do upgrade your gun all the way, which is super not easy when you are playing with downgrades as well, like I was, um, you get a nice cool like uh, spread on your gun or whatever. But when you walk down a narrow corridor. If any any bit of your bullets touch the wall, it'll just stop the spread like dead right in front of you. So then you're walking, and like I was constantly using my turbo button, just making a wall of bullets in front of me, murdering anything that I could like from across the screen. And then if I hit a wall though, it would just like stop dead, and then they'd like creep up on me, and they'd all surround me, and I had to start shooting my way out, which is a real pain in the ass. So for the fact that they could go through the walls, I don't know. I kind of like that now that it. You know, uh, now that I've suffered through it all the way, I can say when I do go back to play it again, if I do, when I do, I'm going to be getting the, the hack ROM as well. So I'll give it to you in that sense. But you did actually, um, you finished this game, right? Yep. This is one I actually Excellent. got to finish, but it sure as <laughs> fuck wasn't easy. I feel kind of terrible for saying it like that. I didn't mean to make it, you know, so laid out, but it's the truth. You did actually finish this game. Yeah, not not very quickly. It took a day or two to to pound through these bosses because even with a fully loaded weapon, you have to shoot these bosses a fucking lot. Yep. Yeah. They're not exactly uh conducive to uh regular gameplay either because each time you go into a, a battle, first you have to go through a, a first person view uh house. And then when you get there, you just immediately spawn in front of them. And depending on where they're situated, that's what the uh, like geometrics of the level is going to be. But you can't tell anything because there's no background, there's no foreground. You're just on a matte black background. And they're either like dangling above you or just beside you. And they've already started trying to attack you. So you have to figure out what left, right, up, and down does. And then try to avoid them. And then it's just a mess every time. I found it only actually took me, I think it took me a little less than a day to complete it. Like, hour-wise, I wouldn't know. My days are, like, start at, like, 11 in the afternoon and don't end till like, 3 in the morning. But I know that I had some free time. Professor's Quest, I think, 
Uh, also because I kind of fiddled with playing around with it beforehand too, if you remember. Mm -hmm. I did that and I fiddled with the first level. Oh, actually, I did have a problem because the original ROM that I had, um, whenever I walked into a house, I almost gave up on this game entirely and uh, Mike actually saved me, so I shouldn't chirp his ROM so much. But uh, it, allowed, it allowed me to get past the crap to find some uh, function. Exactly, and that's actually where I had the same problem, is that uh, the, the initial ROM that I have downloaded, because we're terrible people and we're using emulators, we're not going to pay these people money anymore. <laughs> but uh, These people have clearly every time, demonstrated they do not deserve money. They don't deserve it. Any money that they got from this is ill-gotten money. It's basically blood money. <laughs> so, And this game's been around for, like, what, 20 years now? So they should definitely be doing something about that. But anyway... So what I found was when you're you're in the overworld, you're walking around, everything's above you. You can go into the sewers, everything's fine, but then eventually you're going to come across the part where you just get to a white house and you have to enter the white house in order to progress. And every time I would get to a white house, it didn't matter where it was, but it would restart the game. And I honestly thought that that was just Fester's quest. He was supposed to go from one spot to the other and kill some guys on the way. And if you should choose, so get upgrades, and then the game's over. And I genuinely was like so, like mad at it, until you managed to find me a better, better um, ROM. And then I found out that no, the actual houses are kind of an interesting first-person pr perspective that added something to the game, but like really came out of nowhere yeah, at the same time. Yeah, there's a house so, with nothing in it, but apparently you got a health upgrade. Yeah, so that was something this, that I did a little research for. You only start off with for. two fucking hit points. Yeah, talking about games that are just brutal to, like, and, and like, on a scale of, like, brutal to relentless, this is, like, right in the middle of, like, why am I even trying this game? Because I've started with two health, I can get upgrades and downgrades, and there's nothing stopping either of them. I've got a whip that I can't use. i got to go to all these weird places and get all these dumb... Uh, power-ups that I have no idea what they do until I use them, and then I'm just confused, and like, what is going on? But yeah, so you start with two health points, as Mike said, and uh, the only way to get more, and I managed to find both of, uh, both of the extra health points with some uh, extra bonus point research. Um, to be honest, this is probably one of the first video, or not first, but like, this is one of the only video games I've really gotten deep into the research. I went into like three or four walkthroughs to find out what I needed to know. But there's a, a, a random hidden room in the first White House. And when you walk in, you just have to walk to the wall. And then you walk into the wall again. And I remember telling you about this. And you were just blown away about how bullshit that is. That you just, <laughs> you can walk in and assume that you're in the right spot. Not get it, get frustrated, turn around and walk away. Or you could just walk one step further. And like you and I were saying, they could have just put like a bust of somebody there or anything and just say, like, push A to accept more life because you're here now. And, like, I honestly think on the map, if, if like, whatever the game's using to track you, it must just be, like, you know, you're in square minus six and then plus three or whatever. And then when you push forward again, it says, like, minus six plus three still because I really don't think that it even registers you moving. It's just a case of, like, you have to push up to initiate accepting the help. Yeah, you have to walk up. Which is, you have to, it's like, smash your face into the wall to get a power up, to get, to get. And, it, and it's not like they couldn't have just, like, put it as, like, an icon on yeah. the ground. Like they have with every other power up, 
Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then so the second one to find, which is also... You have to wander around aimlessly and then discover, oh, I, I, I have more health now. How the mm-hmm. fuck did that happen? And to me, actually, it happened by accident the first time. And then when I reread it, I realized what I did. And I, I went back to, you know, test it to re-instigate the circumstance. And it, it actually worked the second time. And that was when you were on the phone with me. Um, but the funny thing is, actually, I found the fourth health bar that you can get. And it's the big house in the main map in the center where you'll be walking around it and there's no way into it. And you pointed this out to me and I was like, fuck this. There has to be a way. I'm going to like like look through all the shit. And I actually had to find um, somebody's walkthrough where they went into the code of the game to find out what was going on. And the way that they figured this out is that there's two different bush textures. There's a bush texture that's like, the regular pathway bushes that are all around us. And then there's a bush texture that doesn't have a hitbox. It's just a bush, like, you know, image that you can can walk over. (laughs) Yeah. So basically, when you're trudging around the house and you're getting attacked by fucking mutant bees and frogs and shit, if you're able to hold them off, I just, like, in my head, I was imagining Fester, like, against the bush, and with one hand... Like, and his back against the bush, just, like, groping for, like, some kind of handle, but not finding it. And, like, with the other hand on his blunderbuss, like, trying to pack it like a musket and, like, blasting off aliens and, like, looking through the bushes and shit. Eventually, you'll accidentally walk onto some bushes <laughs> yelling, oh, that you shouldn't yelling, be able oh, to walk on. light bulb in his mouth. Yeah, and, and eventually you'll accidentally stumble onto these bushes and you'll be like, hey, wait a second, the game's glitching, but no, you're actually on a path that you're not supposed to know about, and if you walk along the side of the house, you can get to the front, and of course, you're still being attacked by enemies while you're on the path, there's no relent from the enemies, they just keep coming, and then eventually you get to the front door of the house, and when you open the door, you get a neat little family picture and an extra health bar. And it's not worth it. It's totally not. Because you can just now, play the game now you have a t- with two health bars. You bar have a grand total and, of now four hits before you fucking yeah. die. And it's just still just... I mean, to be honest, the health in the game... The reason why it's not worth it is because two health bars is enough. First off, you should never hit an alien or an enemy. Your health should only go to the bosses. And every time you go to a boss, as Mike and I discovered, another interesting mechanic is that you can use whatever items that you want, and as soon as the boss battle is over, granted that you won, you will spawn back with all of those items refilled again, including your health. Oh, even, so if, you do, if, even if you die, you will start off at the very beginning location of the game, but i got to say there are some pluses in this game's favor. You will start all the way at the beginning, but it will give you all your shit back. All of your items that you started the boss battle with, so that's something. Yep. So you'll start off at the very beginning, which means you have about seven whole minutes of backtracking if you're near the end. Yep. But which is fantastic, but the bosses don't respawn. Yep. That's where you're gonna go. Yep. <laughs> I stole it from your mouth. Yeah. So the bosses don't respawn. I didn't actually have that problem because, like, like usual, I was using the old save and then replay the last save technique. So. As soon as I got a boss done, I just saved it, and I never had to worry about continuing from the beginning again. I found that out because you told me about the uh, the invisible power-up, and I was yeah. needing that third block of health. Yeah. So I decided, well, okay, I'm going to let a guy murder me.
knock me all the way down. And then I backtracked through the entire game, got the got the thing, and then just powered my way through. And again, walked around the cabin twice because, again, how was I supposed to know? Oh, you're just supposed to walk through some of these fucking bushes. Yep. It's so, like, it's literally impossible unless you're rubbing the bushes, like, Doom style. Like, you know, when you're playing Doom and, and you have no idea the where wall. the secrets... You just, yeah, you're exactly. tapping that E key, just like, come on, secret wall, secret wall, secret Seriously, wall, Seriously, every, every little panel, you're just like, what is it, what is it, what is it? Yeah, that's exactly all you're doing. It's like he, he was trying to have a cigarette <laughs> in the bushes behind the, the house so the family doesn't see him, but he dropped the cigarette and now he's trying to, like, dig through the bushes to put it out or something, and he just, like, falls in. Yeah, That's what it looks like, like to me. Yeah, one of it's, these, one of these things is invisible. It's like the, uh, it's like the friggin' uh, wall to the Batcave. Yep, exactly. It's just like that. But uh, so that's the only way. I don't know. And honestly, it's so much extra work. You could do it with two health. It's just as easy. The game, like to me, um, some of these bosses are really fucking hard. Yeah, like, the, like, a, actually, the, with a bird. There's a bird with a shield. And what is it, a shotgun, a laser gun or something? Yeah, it's, it's, they all, any of the guns are basically the same gun that you have, I guess, because they're all like three ball shotguns. Well, and there's like the first two, two bosses, they don't have guns at all. They got, they no, got the yeah. Tisha's whip thing. One guy stretches his yeah. arm and another guy whips things at you, which is essentially yeah. it's the same thing. Long strings of hitboxes coming at you that box yeah. you in because you can't run. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and then the other three guys, they all had guns, I think. But the guns were all basically the same gun. I'm pretty sure. Yep, and then you finally uh, fight the last boss. The UFO, that's a trip, because even if you go, like, you run and destroy or ignore some enemies, they will keep shooting at you several screens away through the yep. fucking wall. Oh, yes, they will. They have no fucking problem with doing that. No, they do not die. They do not go to glitch heaven. They exist. Those guys, actually, they're, they were kind of pains in the asses because I knew I had to kill them before I could, could carry on. But they only even are weak at certain points, too. So even with, like, the regular plan, like, uh, running up and blasting them, I remember when we were on the phone and you were playing this, and uh, you first came across the one-eyed aliens... And or the one-eyed alien ghosts, and they were bouncing, and you're like, oh shucks, I can only hit them when they're actually on the ground. And I was like, haha, that's funny. And I ran up to them, I don't know, maybe ten minutes later, and I just constantly had a stream coming out of my gun. And you know, watching them jump, the first two they miss, and then eventually they get caught up in the stream, you know. But like these other guys that you're talking about, the ones that shoot the insane distance, they were so hard because even though you're pouring into them, they're only weak at certain points. It's like, sure, you can kind of hold them at bay, but you're still not killing them. There's still a problem. No, I got hiccups. Shucks. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, so yeah, those guys are pants in the asses. You kind of cheated your way through it, and I just gritted my and teeth the ending, and hugged the corridors. The ending. The ending. What did you think? Oh, my God. The ending is fucking awful. You... I can't remember who the final boss is. Oh, he's a T-Rex kind of guy, uh, right? No, he's like a mother brain thing. That he's got like two turrets, and then he's uh, he's got a head like a like a blooper from uh, Super Mario. Oh Mind yeah, Sunshine. yeah. He's got the front turrets, and then he's got uh, a mouth like a blooper from Super Mario Sunshine, where he'll like shoot blobs of pain at you. I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about. Blooper, but the I... squid thing. 
sure. You never played Super Mario Sunshine for the GameCube? I, yeah, no, I did. I just, it's been a hundred years. He's like the Squid I, I'm imagining, like, like, Inkies or, like, the Squid guy yeah. that are in, like, Sonic or, like, any of the Squid bad guys. No, any Squid I, I, bad I'm, guy in a game that shoots ink at you. Yeah, I'm just kind of generally imagining that. But. Yeah, so, uh, when you, when you finally, like, use up all your invisibility slash invincibility potions. <laughs> I found a neat little, uh, trick, but I'll tell you after. So, you use them, you <coughs> destroy the mother squid thing, and then that's the, the UFO, you get to see the UFO still beaming people out of the city, and then it explodes. Which, to me, suggests that people that were in mid-transport just were Actually, left to free-fall uh, to their death. When it, when it showed the clip of the um, UFO and it looked like it was like at the end, I think it was actually dropping things off, but I couldn't tell because the resolution was kind of poor. And uh, it looked like those little dots were falling for me. I'm not sure. But maybe they are just falling to their death. I don't know. Yeah. And then we get to see... Uh, yep, just a snapshot. No, no cutscene, just a basically a picture of the the Adams family surrounded in a crowd, and Fester just sitting and just standing above while they're all just smiling at him, and he's just got a big shit-eating grin on his face. And, like, the clues that you're getting, it just is, like, a picture of, like, a really shitty sketch of an alien craft yeah. that you can assume... Is like it's it's every fucking alien craft. It just looks like a saucer with antennas, and then it's got a little red blip off to the one side of it, which to me is hilarious because whatever the orientation of this map is, just makes it that much more confusing. Because if it's a flying saucer, then it's round. So no matter where you are in the ship, there's no like dimension to look through at the map. You know what I'm trying to say? Like the map's just a cross section of the ship. You're at any part of the ship. There's no you are here. It's just a map. <laughs> it's totally useless. It's just a map with a blip on the side. It could be anywhere. That blip could be in the center. That could that blip could be at the edge. It just depends on where you're standing in the ship. Yep. <sighs> yeah, the UFOs. And it's got like levels that look like uh, like a deep fryer, where you've got like a skillet or a. Uh... What's those things like? like not the deep fryer that's a basket, but like a, like a wide. Yeah, it's uh, called a wok. Yeah, but like the the handles. Oh. The, yeah, it's like a flat screen instead of a. Oh, uh, oh. Instead of like a dipper. Yeah, it's like a. Uh, uh, it's like a deep fryer. Well, there's like, like the, the, the they're deep fryer basket, but what flat. You're cooking. You can get them for like taco baskets, but there's like multiple taco baskets. It's it's just an individual fryer thing, I guess. If you wanted to fry off, like, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 What do you think? So what, what was your, your I guess we can wrap this up so that we can make it under two hours. Uh, yep. well, this could have been a lot worse. Uh, well, look at the other two games we've discussed. But, uh, you know, it functioned. It could be beat. And even yeah. the ending was, like, it had, like, a, a sour aftertaste. A lot of work to get to it, but it could be worse. Yep, that's so, uh, pretty on point. I can see how, you know, the red if this was in nips. somebody's household collection, they would probably enjoy it. But if, you know, if you were that kid that was going over to 
that guy's house, you were like, man, I hope he doesn't want to play Fester's Quest again because that game sucks. <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. I'm tired of that game. For me, I chose, um, like, almost, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a weird candy, I guess, but, like, unwrapped bubblegum. Like, you get, like, little bubblegum balls and, like, all your different colors and shit. But, like, out of the machine, it looks like somebody just went and put a bunch of quarters into a machine before they went home for Halloween. And they just got a bunch of bubblegum. And, uh, by the way, kids, don't eat unwrapped candy. Just don't do that. That's probably bad. Um, especially if the candy happens to be labeled with a label that says razor blades. That's not healthy either. Hey. Um, razor blade jawbreakers for your mouth. Makes your mouth taste like copper. <laughs> razor Yay. blade jawbreakers. Jaw slicers. But, uh, yeah, so for me, because it's like you get those gumballs, and sure, they're Jaw colorful, slicers. and, like, you pop one in your mouth, and you're like, oh, man, it tastes like red, and it tastes like blue, and you're just chewing it. But, like, after two minutes, you're basically just chewing wallpaper paste, and you just got a huge wad of it in your mouth, and you're like, I don't want to keep chewing this, but it's all the candy that I have, so I guess I'll just <laughs> keep chewing it. Monster in my pocket. So I guess this game. takes us to the tastiest of the, all the uh, treats. Yeah, the reigning. And champion. I'm kind of sad because this one I actually spent the least amount of time on. It was the least hassle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, well, you know what I mean. What did you think of it? game and I'm just trying to come on fucking click. all right see monster in my pocket is a series that yep. was created in 1989 by matchbox as a toy line of small soft plastic figurines that represent mm. monsters and other basically the same thing as the fictional universal beasts. movies that try to do and in the first run, yep, and there was 11 series released. The uh, In the first run, there was like 11 monsters, I believe. Oh, no, there was 200 monsters in the collection, and they were assigned a point value, like from Tyrannosaurus Rex, Griffin, Great Beast, yep. Behemoth, Hydra, Werewolf, Invisible Man, blah, blah, blah. And there were there was different people that uh, participated in this, because this, this brand was fucking popping off. They were... Uh, they were given deals with Shreddies, Bob's Big Boy, Pizza Hut, and Konami. Yeah. Do you know, and, do you know uh, what Bob's Big Boy is? I'm going to click it. I'm clicking it. It's like an American fast food oh. joint. Really? It's been around since the uh, 60s, I believe. Wow. Oh, shit. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, I recognize that. It came out in 1936. Yeah. So it yeah, was, it was, like it was one of the original, like... Family I know, I get it. Burger joints. All right, back to the. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been. Yeah, it's the big thing that was terrorizing Springfield when they were all like, "Just exactly. don't look. Just don't look. Don't look at the monsters. Don't look at the monsters. Just don't look." 
Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and the toy line ran into difficulty when it released Hindu gods as monsters. Because they're not even like, it's not even like, you know, Jesus action figure with Kung Fu grip. It's like, hey, look at this other guy that we don't understand and we're going to make him a villain. So, fuck you guys. Let's just take someone else's religion and sell it for profit. Yeah, because like, ooh, more These fictional are all creatures monsters. like Kali, Ganesha, Dr. Voodoo, the Invisible Man. It's like, um, hello, I tried to be very nice, yeah, but you're exactly. kind of pissing me off here. So then there was other things like board games. Yeah. Uh, even had like monster wrestlers in my pocket. Yeah, they that had like one weird. where Tony the Tiger was a <laughs> That coach. sounds questionable. And, oh my God, then they did like relaunches in 2003. Oh boy. Called Monster in My Pocket The Quest with deluxe figures of the principal monster characters. And there was a backstory emphasized between Monster in My Pocket and Pokemon. Because Pocket Monster, Monster in My Pocket, come on. Yeah, but that's uh, what they just made I across think it was like the backstory like was emphasizing similarities. Because I guess they wanted to cash in on the Pokemon craze. Dracula, I choose you. <laughs> no, it's, it's Vampire, vampire I choose you. <laughs> oh, yes, Dracula's copywritten. <laughs> yeah. So then there was trading cards, comic books, and where we get 1992's The Video Game by Konami. Woo! And it takes a mediocre character called Warlock, (laughs) who wanted to have power and rule over all the other monsters, creates a shrinking spell to use as punishment for any who choose to oppose him. As time goes on, all of the monsters choose to join his side except for Vampire and the Monster. However, the spell was miscast, causing all of the monsters to shrink in size, making everything fucking pointless. Wow. So, so the, why did the, they the even choose to join up with him if they're all going to be tiny anyway? He's like, Exactly! Oh, Jesus, that's just... And I was actually thinking in my head, like, I wasn't going to interrupt another, but I was thinking in my head, like, I would believe it more if they just went with the classic Toy Story, like, toys are animate when you're not looking, it's fine, don't ask any more questions. When you're masturbating, yes, all your toys are looking at you. You're you're <laughs> weird, and it's your problem. They no, know what you're doing, else and they're like judging you. you. Yeah, and nobody else is like you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was happy with that explanation, but of course they had to go fuck it up more. Yeah, so, this to- so you get to fight. Even though we see a whole bunch of monsters on the, uh, on the cover of the game, you get to see a pocket, and... Out comes like a, uh, a flying monkey, like from the Wizard of Oz, a uh, weird furry skeleton, a troll, a goblin, a werewolf, and a gargoyle. None of which you play. Yep. And you get to choose uh, Frankenstein's monster and Dracula's monster. love this oh man so um in the plot shrinkage of all the monsters who are then flung within boxes from like interior okay so in the series you kind of like mentioned this for a second 
Um, a spell by the warlock intended to shrink all the monsters that did not side with him was botched by Ogre, um, resulting in the shrinkage of all the monsters who were then flung within boxes uh, with room-like interiors <laughs> to Los Angeles, Where? California. Where are you reading this? This is on. Uh, this is in the comic books on the Wikipedia. Uh. This is the plot. Uh, so they are flown. Uh, they are flung into boxes with room-like interiors to Los Angeles, California. So I guess that's where the boxes are. I'm not sure if that's what the rooms look like. I don't know. But the good monsters ended up in the home of Ne'er Do Well Bert Bert Convoy High School student Jack. Jack Miles and his studio and his studious younger sister, who was scared away by Springheeled Jack. Um, they also dealt with, and this is the part that got me excited. The rest of that was just garbage. That I had to say. They also dealt with Frank Rook, the Exterminator, and then in brackets says a parody of the Punisher. So instead of Frank Castle, it's Frank Rook. <laughs> I think that's great. And the Swamp Beast helped them defeat a Tyrannosaurus Rex who would glow when exposed to radiation such as smoke detectors and microwaves. Oh my gosh. So and, uh, <laughs> it gets worse. The uh the video game when it was released in Asia, it was called Batman and Flash. Yep, which is and just they fucking hacked so the game confusing. So that you're fighting with Batman and the Flash. And the best part is like the vampire and the monster I thought that, like, you would get, like, two different skill sets. Nope. Because you get two different monsters. The monster would be slow and shambling, while the vampire would be more finesse. Yeah, and the monster would have, like, more power, and the vampire would just be better, uh, you know, getting more speed. around. Yeah. More speed, double jumps, uh, flying like a bat, yep. while the monster could smash things. And you'd think that, you know, having two different characters, but, you know... Clearly, we're putting more thought into the game than they did. Yep, because they're just like, we'll make one dude and we'll give him two skins. Yep. That's the plan. And although you could play two-player simultaneous action, which we couldn't because distance is a motherfucker, <laughs> it says they can make an attack that can slightly extend beyond their body with a blaze, or yep. as we call it, a swipe, and they can make a double jump from the height of their jump Something that's become a common move in many games, so apparently the double jump began here? Yep, maybe. I mean, this is a real old game, and I didn't expect to be able to double jump. I switched to the vampire for a moment, and uh, I realized that I could double jump, and when I died, I hit my save point, and I realized that I wasn't the vampire. So I just continued with the monster, and I realized that he could double jump as well. And I was like, well, this is just a load. And all the good monsters from the comics... Werewolf, Vampirus, Golem, Swamp Beast, Phantom of the Opera, Jotun Troll, Invisible Man, Dr. Jekyll and Mummy made no appearance in the game whatsoever, though the werewolf did appear on the cover. Yep. Warlock and Minotaur were the only two monsters from Series 2 to appear in the game. In the comic book, however, Medusa declared that by her count, Vampire's side had a majority, though all the other Series 1 monsters were included as enemies in the game. Blem Eyes appeared prominently on the cover and the figure was distributed with the game but it didn't appear in the game itself yeah, i so was wondering what the fuck figure. Blemize is well there's an action figure that came with the game apparently yep but isn't like in the game 
Yep. So, and it says, uh, it came inside the box next to a smaller piece of styrofoam than the, the nest cartridges boxes normally contained. And there was an animated special with a vampire voiced by Rob Paulson, who was the voice of Raphael from Ninja Turtles. Yep. And uh, the Invisible Man was voiced by Paxton Whitehead. Swamp Beast was Frank Welker, the voice of Megatron. And the <laughs> uh, you just got to go to IMDb dot com to check out the monster in my pocket the big scream yep. because on the cover is the wolf a former a, a formerly white furred werewolf yep. becoming the jamaican wolfman he's the wolfman he's the wolfman and he's a fucking werewolf on the cover with dreadlocks and he's Boom. got like a Jamaican shirt, green and yellow. Yep, he's just, well, it's like a Hawaiian Jamaican shirt. Look at the size of Swamp Beast's footprints. Oh, this is terrible. What are we going to do? They're big, we're small. They've got Terry, and I got a big thing. Calm yourself, Big Ed. First, we must think logically. Second, Wolfman gets a good whiff of this. Ooh, it smell like the landfill on a hot day. So? So, that wolfman nose of yours should be able to track Swampy scent right back to the vampire's lair. I feel the blood bounding in my ears. Boy, that's the go! He looks like that pocket's been hotboxed. To... Oh, I, I I can't re- I can't go on about this because we uh, we can't we gotta run short on the uh, on the game, but damn 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 this game, uh, a glowing redemption, only compared to these games, but on its own was feeling rather tepid. It's uh, you jump around, you do double jumps, you can do a swiping attack, and that's it. You can't do any shooting, long range attack. You got to get close enough to the enemy for them to hit you. Just like Monster Party. Yep. But, strangely, better play control, better bosses. are rather interesting. Uh, what was the first boss again? Uh, the first one was the cat that jumped around. It was like a cat girl jumped around through knives at you. What? Yep. It, well, it was like a person kind of thing, but they sat like a cat and they had like it almost looked like Cat Girl. Oh, Spring Hill Jack. Is that what That's that is? That's who it was. Yeah. So they're jumping yes, it was around. Spring Hill Jack. And then and that was based knives. off the, uh, yeah, he was based off the Victorian serial killer. Yeah, which is hilarious. If anybody ever wants to look that up, 
it is amazing to think about. Just the idea that this guy was like, I'm going to put springs in my boots, and that didn't kill him, and he actually got away with stuff. And people were like, wow. There were there was police reports. I mean, like, this guy was a big fear yeah. in Victorian England. Yeah. And apparently, I, 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 unless you're counting that he was an actual fucking demon, the 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 track, this guy was probably just an inventor who just decided I'm going to put springs in my heels and like some flint in my in my in my teeth yeah so that people will think I'm spitting fire yeah I mean I don't know if that's the case in the actual story but he didn't spit fire in the for his attack here uh, no in this one he throws knives yeah. a significantly mundane weapon in comparison yeah. <laughs> much much lamer there's a character in this later in the series called slaughter ford like ford like the vehicle and the word slaughter got smashed together it's called slaughter ford that sounds like a fucking psychopath butler which is awesome slaughter ford would you get the bentley <laughs> yes sir. i just have to finish disposing of these sexual teenagers first there's also a guy called thunderdell so like Dell computer, but like <laughs> Thunder, and he's a two-headed giant. Dude, you're giant. A Thunder Dell. He's a two-headed giant of Cornwall, which is pretty cool. You gotta fight him. Um, I want to see. Oh, and then the second boss is you fight. Okay, because you're a miniature guy, you go through like you crawl over around a table, you slide down a banister. Yep. The second you end up going through, I don't know what the hell you're going through first, but you end up inside, yeah, you end up a fridge. inside of a fridge. Oh, and you're in the kitchen. Fight, That's what it is. You fight Bigfoot. You're, yeah, you yeah, fight, you fight Bigfoot. Bigfoot, but he's actually a fucking Yeti or something. Like I think he's like a frozen swamp Yeti. I don't know. The game calls it Bigfoot. I think it's just stupid. But, yeah. Yep. And then the next guy. So you fight a gremlin yep. on a crane. He lowers himself down. And it's funny because the walkthroughs that I read, it seemed like this guy gave people the most trouble. But actually, it, it was probably one of the easier ones that I came across. Because like in the walkthrough, it says that he comes in like randomly from one of the three sides, like from the top, bottom, or, or sorry, the top left or right. And then he leaves through one of the random sides. But I kind of. Like, I don't know if it was just something that I kind of glitched it because I just stayed in the center most of the time. And it, maybe he was, like, programmed to come after me at a certain angle. But, like, it seemed to me that he was going, you know, top and then leaving through the top and then left and then leaving through the left and then right and then leaving through the yeah. right. So, And then the third one, no, wait, no, third one was a goblin. So the fourth boss was a yep. kraken. That guy was a pain in the ass. What did you think of the goblin, though? What, the gremlin? Yeah. On the crane, On the yeah. crane? took a few tries to yeah. beat him it was uh like he moved around a lot and every time i tried to like because these bosses take so many yeah. hits and there's I just no thought, indicator like, you can you, just see them you, you get anxious a little bit and that's it like, yeah you try to pace yourself but then you get anxious and think i'm gonna get yeah. a few extra hits and that's what oh yeah i did you. that actually my chef was watching me when i did that and he was laughing his ass off he was like oh you got you got too antsy there you should just wait it on it and i was like yeah i know i should have just waited <laughs> and then you fight the Kraken who uh, he's constantly flailing his arms like he flails his arms yeah. twice and then like he immediately starts dropping so you gotta like jump over the arm as yeah, it's that's... falling to give him one or yeah. two swipes and it was ridiculous actually I got lucky once and I got four swipes and it, t it cost me a life 
or not a life, but like a health bar, and you only get five health bars in this, which I thought was, you know, pretty generous considering we started with two in the last game. Oh, and the mark, the mark of a good game, the name is always yeah, on. Yeah, I was saying that to my chef too. I was like, look at this. That's how you know that you're playing a real good game back in the day. It's got to always be telling you that that's the game that you're playing because at any point, if you notice how cool this game is, they want you to immediately know what the game's name is. <laughs> if you're if you like if your friends walk in and go, "Hey, what game are you?" Oh wait, I don't have to ask yeah. that fucking question. It's Whoa, telling how me. cool! That's the greatest game I've ever seen. What's it called? Oh, never mind. Exactly. <laughs> don't even bother me. So, so then after the Kraken. Who do we got next? Well, then you fight. Then you go like fighting outside, and uh, you fight like some, wait the construction site leads you to the gremlin. Then you fight the sewers to fight the kraken. Then number uh, five, I believe, is the Medusa. Uh, sure. Listen, I really love your hair, Medusa. Do you use a conditioner or just a snake charmer? Oh, let me turn her to stone. No. I'm going to turn her into my slave. Then she will lure her friends to me so I can destroy them. No, I'd never hurt my friends. I don't actually have a list and in front of me. I'm just remembering it. It's called, like, she's called Medusa, but it's really more she's of a She's more banshee, of like a witch or a banshee. You see, like, four, five yeah, she ghosts. just comes in as five different, like, translucent, translucent ghosts. And then one of you but has, one a, yeah, one of them has, like, a sonic scream that she hits you with. It's like little, you know, sonic waves that come out of her. And then, yeah, that's how you yeah, know. Yeah, you gotta attack real. the shit out of her while she's flying at you. So while she charges at you, and yeah, and like every you. one of these enemies, basically, it's like, come at me, bro! Like you just have to go and hit them more times, and they're gonna inevitably hit you. And they have long, yeah, range and a attacks. lot of them do too. Like especially with the the kraken too, and the and the witches, pains pains in the asses is what it is. Yeah, and then you finally take it all the way to the end. When you get to the last stage, and what happens? You fight every fucking yep, boss again. Mike taught me a new word. It's called boss rush. And uh, I didn't know what he meant, but now I understand. That's exactly what that is. That every single enemy that you've faced so far, you have to fight them one more time, and they're a tiny bit stronger than they were in a tiny bit faster. And uh, until you get to the final boss, who of course isn't going to let you down, because your first fight with him is actually kind of pathetic. I thought that that was over in like 10 seconds for me, and I was like, wow, is this the end? And then... Yeah. And then he attacks you uh, one yeah, more and time. And this time he brings out the, he brings out the toys. And actually that little um, end, end scene fake-out has actually been, I think, noted as one of the earliest uh, you know, boss fake-out battles where you, you think you've beaten him, and then he comes back for round two. So, yeah, I, I was... It. You get to see Pleasantly some credits. Surprised. You get to see credits, thinking that the warlock yep. is beaten. And as you're watching them on the credits, as you're watching them on the uh, the TV. TV, then the boss, the warlock's face will show up again, going, "You thought you defeated me, but I am much stronger than you think." <laughs> I will defeat yeah, you. Yeah, and then now. he comes at you again, and and I loved it. And then the TV yep. attacks you. The fucking TV attacks you, which yeah. is cool. And only when his face is tuned in, because it, it descrambles like you're yeah, watching porn. Yeah, it just scrambles out. Back yeah. in the 90s. You're watching, you're watching pay-per-view porn in the 90s. His face just distorts and scrambles. And then when it comes into view, then you can attack him. Well, he shoots beams at you. And if you shoot, if you're down, he shoots those beams on the ground, and they will materialize into monsters, which... 
you get nothing for attacking them, so just fucking yep. jump over them. Or when he's about to shoot at you, you can jump up, so he shoots the beams and they go off screen, and then they don't materialize into anything, so it's yep, just that's you what, and him. That's the trick that I learned really, really uh, quick off into the battle. So my method was stand right beside where his head was going to appear, wait until his head appeared, and then jump, double jump, and then let his eye beams go underneath me or past me or whatever, and then just keep feeding him until he, like, fades out again. And that was how I got through him. But You think you would just unplug the TV? Yeah, if only, no. right? If only. And then you finally destroy him, and you get some... You get some credits, and then you get to see the uh, TV saying yep. the end. It's a nice little wholesome little like wrap up for you, and it really makes you feel good yep. that you did the whole game. This like game was made so much easier to play by the fact that a you don't have two health bars to start with. You've got you know three lives, um, and every time you kill an enemy, it adds ten points to your bar. And I think it's every five hundred points you get a new life. So. Five thousand. Uh, every five thousand. Uh, every two thousand oh, yeah, points. Yeah, two thousand. So for me, honestly, I remember beating the game and having more life than I started, and that was actually the first time in any of these games that we played for any of this. You know, like the other four games included. I've never. <laughs> Where the relentless enemies finally produce yeah, something. Yeah, it's finally for you. worth grinding. Like, and it, even with like. We haven't encountered that since. No, and even with like Fester's Quest or. Um, uh, fuck, what was the other one? Not for, um, Monster Party. Uh, there's a little bit of grinding that you can do, like a little bit of farming. Like Fester's Quest, you really don't want to get too ahead of yourself without having all your gun upgrades yet, right? So you just basically find a hallway with infinite enemies and you just mow them down and try to get more upgrades and downgrades. And, uh, and then the same thing with, uh, Monster Party where you can get, like, the health and you can get the, the dragon pills or whatever, like the the gargoyle pills but like there's a limited number of them so you don't want to farm them yeah. all out yeah that only increases your health but if you die you're yeah, still exactly. fucked this one actually gives this you lives like where you can actually just yeah, camp you can out. actually like well I didn't even I didn't even bother doing that um Jesus why didn't I bother doing that you could just continue to spawn enemies oh my gosh can you hear the light bulbs my brain's like my brain's <laughs> like a microwave that just turned on just boom. Well, you didn't have to, so I'd have to say, like, this game was a challenge to to chew yeah. on, but overall, like, a little sweet. Not not overly sweet, but compared to everything else, it was a challenge, but it had, like, a nice, uh, nice chocolatey uh, coating exactly. around it. So I'd have... I'd have to compare it to a Tootsie, a Tootsie Pop. Pop. You know, I'm actually drawing a blank, and I cannot remember the... Did I say earlier if there was a candy that I... I think there was one where you just agreed with me. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I think this might, this might have been it. See, I'm thinking, um, you know, like a candy necklace or something where you get like a toy and you get candy, or like a ring pop, but like those are just, they're, you know... Something like that, but yeah, Tootsie Pop is real no, good. It's not soup. Yeah, it's not super fulfilling, but it's something to roll around, and it's it's not awful. It's kind of like a, a Bazooka Joe Bubblegum. That's what it was. That's what it was. Oh, I said it was a uh, Cracker Jacks, but like Bazooka Joe Bubblegum. For me, this one was like yeah, well, 
it was like crack. <laughs> it is like Cracker Jacks, but instead you got like a, a shitty. Yeah, comic you get inside. a comic. Like there's all kinds of extra stuff. There's a backstory, and you got something to chew on while you're enjoying it all. Like I could honestly imagine myself as like a, you know, young kid in the early whatever '92 whatever, and like sitting down playing this video game and reading the comic book and trying to watch the TV show. You know, like I could see this breaking its way into my household. It just never did because my parents didn't love me. <laughs> well, uh, I think that wraps up this yeah, episode. Yeah, that was all our tasty we hope that you have. <laughs> we hope that you have a spooky Halloween and that you endure just a little less trauma than we did. <laughs> For your That's entertainment. Right. And uh, feel free to send us any game recommendations. Also, keep your eyes open on the Playing With Power form and, or uh, you know Facebook page and uh, anywhere else that you happen to spot us because we're going to start having polls out for our listeners to vote on um, which games we should play outside of the NES spectrum. We're going to try and include some other platforms, you know, like the Sega Genesis, uh, the Game Boys, and... Yeah. Uh, you decide where we go exactly. off menu. Exactly. Like you guys decide what we put in our mouths. Um, and, and although you know, as always, we get, we'll always take suggestions. We've gotten a few from. Uh, I think Mike's got a Twitter fan or two. Yeah, you can just leave comments in the uh, Facebook posts. We'll be yep. happy to read and, them. And uh, you know, also if you guys have any questions for us, you know, you want to know a little bit about ourselves or whatever, feel free to ask. And uh, shoot, if you even ask nicely, we'll maybe even give you a shout out. Yep, and if you want to be on a game, like you, if there's a game that you haven't played before, but you wanted to discover and you wanted a little bit of company, yeah, let absolutely. Us know. And uh, if you'd like to make a donation to us, you can do that through Patreon. Um, I don't know the name of it. What's it called, yep. Mike? patreoncom slash podcast. I didn't want to say anything and have it be wrong and send them to the wrong place. <laughs> if you want to donate, please donate to us. Screw everybody else. Give us your money. I don't care if it's orphans, if it's firefighters, librarians. I will fight them. <laughs> we deserve that funding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just playing with power. Playing with power podcast is our Facebook. Ah, yes, it is. Page. Yes, it is. Patreon.com slash playing with power. If you want to uh, support the taste test or playing with power, it all goes to the same spot. And, it all goes uh, to helping us keep the lights on and. Playing more fun games for the fans, for the listeners. Yep, and we can uh, come up with some good things for you, like a like a separate feed for this or a, a website. Yeah, exactly. Or perhaps some other types of uh, shows maybe down the pipeline. Cough, cough, yep. cough. <laughs> but it's up to you guys. So if you guys want to fund us, that'll be great. And if not, we just want to hear from you. So. Yep, because the show will always be free. Yep, because it's more fun to do it than not. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I'm Mike. And I'm Brandon. And happy Halloween. Happy spooky Halloween. (laughs) Quick, quick, boop. Two hours and sixteen.
started a tiny fire. We're going to have to take a one <laughs> second stop so I can go put up this tiny fire. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So, brief momentary editing pause or whatever. cigarette out the window and it landed on the lawn chair and it started a fire once before so I can't risk it <laughs> I started a fire which started the whole camp screaming <laughs> lovely lovely reference I think uh, tits come on don't fall don't fall I saved it we're good we're good I yeah. think uh, well my thing's still recording so we'll just be like some odd muffled audio for you to edit out Boom, and we're back from my fire uh, aversion.